morning to everyone in on uh, in the room with us, physically present with us, and then also to the minister and everyone else who's joined us on the virtual platform in this hybrid meeting. Um, we're about to start our deliberations for today, and um, recording in progress. It is that we start the meeting with a moment of silence in honor of all who have lost their lives during our terrible floods that we had in Cape Town and in Eastern Cape and other parts of the province. Here with us, uh, we've learned that Sarah Naidu, a family member's house, uh, house was washed away. And so this tragedy uh, uh, touches all of us. So we send our heartfelt condolences to all who have lost lives and property during this time. So we'll observe a moment of silence. Thank you. Thank you. May your souls rest in So today we are meeting to receive a briefing from the DTIC done by the minister who's on the virtual platform on its uh, on the DTIC strategic annual performance plan and um, which will reflect on zone and budget as it relates to the to the mandate of the of the DTIC. Um, we will get a briefing by the minister on how the mandate of the ministry and department will support the na national strategic priorities expressed in the State of the Nation address and the budget speech and on the DTIC's strategic and annual performance plan for 2022-2023 financial year. Can I just ask you to reply to the agenda? Thank you. So here we have the agenda in front of us. Can I then uh, ask the secretary for any apologies? Um, good morning, members, and everybody else on the platform. Um, we have an apology from Mrs. McKesson, who is in case in and time to take to the challenges and way. We have an apology from Mr. Mulder, who is also attending to a party crisis in Hockey. And those are the two apologies. The one member, the new member, will join us on the platform, and the chair will recognize you shortly. Thanks. Thank you very much. Can I then have uh, ask the honorable member from the EFF, the honorable Tswaku, to switch on his cameras? so that we may appropriately welcome him to the committee, to the portfolio committee. Honorable Ntwaku. If you can switch on your camera, but we will also be with you later. There we go. You are very welcome to the TTIC 
portfolio committee. You are filling big shoes, uh, uh, the, the shoes of Honorable uh, Yaku. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, just some housekeeping. In order for us to have a successful hybrid meeting, we ask that in between speakers, we just uh, observe total silence because the camera will pan to where the person is speaking. So if we are having side conversations, it's going to be a bit difficult. That's just uh, for housekeeping. Um, then we move on to the adoption of the agenda. Can I have a mover and a seconder for the adoption of the agenda as table? Honorable Moatse. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Good morning, members and uh, honorable members. I move for adoption of the agenda as presented to us. Thank you very much. And I have a seconder, honorable Motawu. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I second that option of that. Thank you very much. So our agenda is adopted. So the next item on the agenda is the presentation um, by the DTIC, as we had outlined earlier. Can I just check, are we going straight to the minister? Did you have, okay. Uh, minister, over to you. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and uh, good morning to uh, our Chairperson, to Honourable Members of the Committee, to the staff of the Portfolio Committee itself. I'd also like to uh, acknowledge the uh, presence uh, in person of Deputy Minister Majola and uh, the team of the DTIC that is led by the Acting Director General, Malebo Mapichi-Thompson, and good morning also to um, uh, all of the visitors to Parliament who may be observing the proceedings. Chairperson, let me, let me start by appreciating the flexibility that uh, you and the committee have shown. Uh, I am unfortunately not uh, able to be with you physically uh, today. Uh, I am in, uh, in Durban uh, at the port where there's been significant challenges that affects the supply uh, chains. Uh, but I, I appreciate the effort that has been made with a hybrid session to be able to join. I'd like to, to also uh, express my um, uh, welcome to Honorable uh, Nchwaku, who's uh, uh, joining the committee for the first time. And we look forward to a, a productive uh, relationship with a new uh, committee member. Jefferson, the the topic that we're dealing with today is, of course, uh, one of the founding issues for the Portfolio Committee. And that is a discussion on the, the annual performance plan of the DTIC. A copy of the plan was submitted to Parliament uh, a number of weeks ago. So today really is an opportunity for us to briefly summarize what we're seeking to do with the annual performance plan and to... Um, uh, to look forward to the engagement with members of parliament on the APP. Uh, I uh, specifically wish to appreciate that uh, Deputy Minister Majola will be available uh, throughout the session of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, I have requested um, the chair uh, through you, 
if I may be uh, granted um, uh, permission to be absent for the latter part of the portfolio committee uh, uh, as a result of the matters that I have to attend to here in uh, uh, Etiquini. However, the uh, acting director general, of course, uh, together with the CFO, uh, is well uh, prepared for the annual performance plan. And normally the the uh, accounting officer would alone be present. I seem to have been briefly interrupted, Chairperson. Um, uh, so normally the, the Director General would be uh, uh, presenting the annual performance plan, uh, but we felt it was important that uh, both the Deputy Minister and I be present today uh, in order to give both the policy frame and uh, to receive the feedback from the Portfolio Committee. I'm going to ask uh, Chairperson if we can um, arrange for the uh, the flighting of the uh, presentation. Uh, members will have uh, hard copies of the presentation available, uh, but in order to facilitate the discussion, it may be helpful just to, to also use the screen. If we go to the next slide... Whilst uh, we're getting the the uh, arrangements uh, sorted, uh, Chairperson, given that uh, members have copies of the uh, the uh, presentation, I would just make the point that what we would seek to do in the presentation is really some introductory remarks, looking at what we're seeking to do with the annual performance plan. Uh, our approach to performance indicators. We'd want to do a, um, a, a brief summary of the program, uh, taking uh, members through the various uh, programs and the work of each of the 10 branches. And then we would briefly reflect on the legislative program, the provincial interventions, and the budget allocations. The next slide, uh, really just summarizes uh, at, at high level by way of an introduction that the APP is uh, informed by the country's imperative to address high unemployment, poverty and inequality, and the urgent need to improve economic performance and inclusive growth. What we've tried to do with this um, uh, presentation and with the APP is to build on the innovation chairperson and honorable members that was introduced in 2021, uh, namely that of greater integration of the work of the department through what we termed last year as joint key performance indicators. In this APP, the idea is taken further through the introduction of three succinct outcomes that replace the sprawling 17 previous outcomes so that we bring greater coherence to the work of the DTIC 
and have greater levels of accountability. The three outcomes that we'll talk through uh, significantly are industrialization to promote jobs and rising incomes, transformation to build an inclusive economy, and a capable state to ensure improved impact of public policies. The next slide really seeks to take a bird's eye view on the presentation. And it says that the annual performance plan sets out the work to be undertaken by the DTIC during this new financial year to achieve the overall goals of the SIX administration. Of course, we are maintaining continuity. So it's a mix of continuity and change. We're maintaining continuity with regard to the priorities that were identified in the 2019 DTIC budget speech at the start of the SIX administration. And just to briefly recall, they're about build, building dynamic industries through partnerships, expanding exports through the AFCFTA, improving the climate for investment, uh, spatial equity through targeted policies, transformation of the economy and building a capable state. We've taken into account after 2019, the big shift in 2020 to uh, more focus on economic resilience as our supply chains across the world got interrupted and South Africa was left uh, without critical inputs to its industrial uh, sectors. It also builds on the focus on greater integration that I've referred to a few moments across uh, the 10 DTIC programs and with the 18 DTIC entities. The next slide uh, really is uh, an attempt to take this into a little bit of a deeper dive. And it says uh, that the new APP is more clearly aligned with SONA and three outcomes are identified and the KPIs have been significantly rewritten and expanded based on the lessons from past administration. Now we pick up in the following slide, uh, the alignment with SONA priorities. It's a, it's a question specifically asked by the portfolio committee, and it's also an area of significant focus in the APP. Uh, honorable members will recall that the SONA in February uh, this year set out a post-COVID-19 recovery and reconstruction vision. It was based on reforming the economy and rebuilding institutions. And so the APP takes account of a number of SONA priorities. These priorities set out by President Ramaphosa includes scaling up investment levels and in local industrial production, including of health products and infrastructure, focusing on sectors including the social economy, agro-processing, uh, the areas around manufacturing, uh, and global business services. The president also picked up on climate change, including renewable energy, electric vehicles, and green hydrogen, and the implementation of the African continental free trade area. Youth employment receives specific focus, as it does the promotion of small business and spatial equity through the district development model. The SONA speech also focused on combating corruption and crime, including addressing the challenge of scrap metal theft. Uh, it seeks to promote the ease of doing business, including cutting red tape, building a capable ethical and developmental state, and deeper partnerships 
through social compacts. The following slide shows how we seek to do this alignment by taking a few examples from uh, the APP and relating those to the State of the Nation Address. The APP contributes to uh, the President's mission to revitalize our economy and end the inequality and injustice that impedes our progress. In response to the President's call for a comprehensive social compact to grow our economy, create jobs and combat hunger, the DTIC has adopted social compacting across our programs through initiatives like master plans and export networks. Honorable members will see these on slide number seven. In response to the president's call to cut red tape across government, every DTIC program will be required to identify and report on concrete steps to streamline their operations. In response to the president's call to reinforce Africa's health sovereignty, the DTIC is working to build the COVID-19 economy into a sustainable base for a reinvigorated healthcare sector, including uh, through a rapid expansion in vaccine production. In response to the president's call to restore the effectiveness of core network infrastructure, such as energy and logistics, the DTIC is supporting projects such as the Renewable Energy IPP and Transnet's Reform Drive. And uh, in response to the president's call uh, to make the fourth South African Investment Conference a success, the DTIC has worked uh, with uh, the business community that has resulted in pledges of some 336 billion rand in new investment made at the conference. We can turn to the next slide. And uh, in uh, the following slide, we really make the point that the annual performance plan builds on the strengths of the DTIC and from what we've done in the past period whilst learning from our weaknesses. A number of successes achieved during the past financial year have helped to inspire the work for the new annual performance plan. And similarly, lessons drawn from weaknesses and challenges have been incorporated into the annual performance plan. I'm going to refer just to a few of these. They set out on slide number eight uh, to, to give an illustration of the, the kind of uh, lessons and um, learnings that the new annual performance plan is based on. We've drawn from successes on the rollout of more locally made healthcare products. Those would be uh, products like the uh, N95 face masks, as well as uh, the uh, CPAP ventilators, uh, gloves, hand sanitizers, uh, and a range of other products like dexamethasone, uh, oxygen that's used in hospitals, and of course, most importantly, vaccines and anesthetics, as well as the reciprocal commitments uh, that were made uh, and the partnership with firms uh, to promote investment and job creation. So much of our learning in this past year has been 
to try to build these productive partnerships, to say that when utilizing public resources, uh, businesses need to also contribute to uh, increase levels of investment above the baseline, above what would normally happen, so that we really crowd in a greater level of investment. There's also been a targeted use of competition and trade measures where warranted by the evidence, and uh, that is being uh, incorporated more comprehensively in the new annual performance plan. We've learned from flexibility and agility by DTIC entities in uh, the provision of support. For example, the July 2021 unrest uh, was uh, very helpful to both the, the IDC as well as the uh, NEF in getting them to refocus and relook on their procedures, on the swiftness with which they uh, can respond, and to identify uh, how they can have a fit-for-purpose set of uh, procedures. So these were four examples of successes and strengths that we're trying to build on in the new APP. But uh, honorable members, um, much as as we learn from successes, sometimes our weaknesses and challenges can be an even bigger opportunity both to learn and to, uh, to reset and refocus what we do. So we've taken a number of challenges and weaknesses. I'm going to point to three of these as illustrations of what we've learned. The first one is uneven local economic development. We've had a program of special economic zones and industrial parks, but really they were uh, the preserve of just one branch of the DTIC with limited and sporadic work by other branches to promote a much more focused industrialization strategy across the different parts of South Africa, different districts, uh, small areas, areas outside of the main metros and so on. And so we're trying to, to address this. In this annual performance plan, there's a much greater focus on spatial development, and I will come back to that uh, in a moment. Identified that while we've had an export promotion strategy and we've had an industrialization strategy, the connection between these have not been strong. We've not tried to to identify ways of uh, refocusing our exports on areas where we, we are rapidly industrializing. And equally, we, we've not tried to uh, work on expanding our industrialization where there's been opportunities to boost exports. So this will be an area of greater attention in the year ahead. And then there's been uneven coordination with other parts of government outside of the DTIC, which has limited the success of our own goals. And um, that now becomes a bigger focus in the new financial year. The next slide, slide number nine, <clears throat> deals with uh, the question of what do we seek to do with the annual performance plan, the new annual performance plan? And I, I would want to start, uh, honorable members, by saying that the revision of the outcomes that I will talk to them has been uh, accompanied by a much more detailed set of outputs and output indicators. Uh, 
which are more clearly aligned. So a lot of our work has been to look at the connection between outcomes, output indicators, and outputs themselves. There are now 151 output indicators in the annual uh, performance plan, and all of them are connected to the three overarching outcomes. So our focus has been on getting a much greater level of streamlining in what we're seeking to do while expanding the actual output of what the department uh, is doing. The indicators are more precisely framed. A lot of time was spent on the language in the indicators, and they incorporate the learnings from one year of working with a new integrated. The APP requires a different way of working by the department entities. And following the adoption of the APP, the department is putting detailed implementation plans in place and accompanied by a training program for staff. So it's a big part of what we're seeking to do is not just to, to change the objectives and the actions on paper, but also the way in which the department undertakes that work. Uh, the changes to the strategic plan will see outcomes reduced from 17 to an integrated set of three, allowing for, as I've said earlier, a more coordinated and focused department. So what are those three uh, outcomes? The first outcome, which is set out on slide number 10, is the outcome that deals with industrialization. And uh, that outcome is industrialization to promote jobs and rising incomes. In this area, the goal is to contribute to building dynamic firms in the South African economy. Through a combination of efforts in partnership with the private sector, it's focusing on growth opportunities, both in the domestic market. So those are things like localization, sector partnerships, uh, beneficiation, promoting the green economy and fostering high levels of investment, and also building a wider export market particularly uh, on the African continent, uh, a strong pivot uh, in the APP and in government work on now after a few years of working on uh, establishing the legal and institutional basis of the AFC FTA, we are now uh, going to the uh, implementation of the AFC FTA. And then of course, to increase exports uh, by assisting companies to scale up what they're doing. We're combining demand creation, which is the areas I've just spoken of, with supply-side reforms uh, at economy, sector, and firm level to build industrial competitiveness and support job creation. In the industrialization outcome, there are five focus or priority areas, and they're listed on slide 10. And uh, honorable members will see that these areas highlighted in red, and they occur in the next few of the slides, will be the themes that run through all of the different uh, key performance indicators that are set out in the APP. The first
Chair, I was cut off for a moment, but um, uh, I was making the point that the second of the focus areas deals with localization, beneficiation, and COVID industrial initiatives. The third area is increased and diversified exports with other African countries and to other global markets. And I want to lift out the different dimensions of uh, uh, this. It's not only to increase exports, but also <clears throat> to ensure that we are able to have greater levels of value addition in our export basket. And while Africa and the rest of Africa is our primary focus, we of course are able currently to export uh, significantly to other global markets and we'd want to retain and expand those. The fourth area is the green economy initiatives. And they're about shifting to a less carbon intensive industry. We've just seen in uh, KwaZulu-Natal over the last uh, uh, week and a half, the uh, devastating effect that uh, societies experience through uh, the forces of nature being unleashed and a significant shift in, uh, in climate over the next uh, uh, number of years can have impacts on our economy, both locally and globally, uh, that could be unprecedented in um, in living memory. The final one is investment initiatives to increase the level of investment. So taken together, the industrialization uh, outcome has now been broken into five of these areas that work done in each of these will contribute to industrialization, but it's also the way in which they interlock with each other. For example, the sector partnerships in the master plans also will focus on how to improve local industrial output. They will increasingly embrace the work on a diversified export market. And in a number of areas, like in the steel industry, uh, the greening of steel is a critical part of what we do. And of course, in uh, uh, many of the uh, sector partnerships, like the auto partnership, the investment initiatives are critical to driving the growth of those sectors. So they're not five standalone uh, areas that exist in a silo. They're connected to each other. But for purposes of focus, we are lifting out these five uh, areas or uh, uh, focus uh, uh, areas that together constitute the main thrust of our industrialization drive. The next slide, number 11, uh, goes to transformation. And it's transformation to build an inclusive economy. In this area of work, <clears throat> the goal is to build economic inclusion through transformation programs in three broad areas. And those broad areas are set out uh, in, the, uh, in the text uh, at the top of page 10. I'm going to uh, 
sorry, at the top of te, uh, page 11. I'm going to go to the bottom half of page 11, slide number 11, which um, summarizes it very well. So the first area of transformation is addressing issues of ownership and um, and control. And there the, the focus of our work is to pro promote a greater spread of ownership in the economy. They include bringing more black industrialists, women and youth into uh, uh, the uh, 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 into the economy, into uh, businesses, and promoting worker empowerment. And that is enabling uh, the millions of South African workers to uh, increasingly get a stake in the businesses that they work in. Uh, some of our work here will be through a review of the impact of current policy. And in uh, some cases, policy may need to be refined and adjusted. In other areas, uh, policy would need to be implemented better. And so, uh, so this will be an area of work. We've already done quite a bit of work in this past financial year, uh, and uh, it will be taken, taken further. The uh, second area is structural transformation. That's addressing economic concentration, uh, which acts as, in many cases, a um, constraint on new entrants and small businesses coming into the economy, but also programs that actively support uh, SMMEs. The third area is spatial transformation. And that is about promoting equitable uh, spatial development uh, throughout South Africa, using the district model both as a reporting frame so that we are able to see how our work begins to uh, impact on different models, but also integrating of our work into the 52 special units. So it's not only a reporting exercise. It's also thinking where are some of the uh, districts where we've not been able to, uh, to be successful, or where are, is the work of the DTIC in a, a single district disconnected from each other and we can benefit from greater levels of integration. Part of our spatial transformation work in the new financial year is to develop a new model for spatial industrial initiatives. Uh, this would include the special economic zones, and they'd also include uh, industrial parks, but they're not limited to those uh, because we want our work to be focused more greatly beyond only SEZs and industrial parks. But it also means, and I'm still on slide 11, that we will be revamping the SEZ and industrial park model themselves and we'll be promoting more work on the township economy. These three areas of transformation also reinforce each other, just like the, uh, the industrialization areas reinforce each other, so too the transformation ones. That uh, ownership transformation bringing, for example, more women into the economy is often constrained by the structure of the economy where established firms who are often dominant firms are able to, uh, to limit the entrance of new players. I make the point that 
structural transformation is about opportunities for all South Africans. And uh, in fact, a lot of the work of the DTIC uh, is focused not only on black industrialists, but also on uh, uh, white South Africans, and business employee uh, uh, people uh, who contribute to our GDP. So it's finding that balance uh, that's important. So structural transformation helps to open the economy for all. Ownership transformation ensures that those who've been historically disadvantaged are able to make use of the new opportunities that a more open uh, economy uh, and uh, uh, a, an economy with uh, fewer constraints to the entrance of new players uh, can, can provide. Spatial transformation reinforces ownership transformation and gets reinforced by it. We'll find that many of the the uh, districts across the country with the weakest industrialization foot, uh, footprint would also be ones where there is um, uh, a, the largest concentration of uh, black South Africans. And um, uh, we, we need to be able to foster greater entrepreneurship and provide opportunities for firms to emerge in those areas by addressing the rest of our program, some of which I will talk to. Now, I've spoken earlier about the connection between uh, the different elements of uh, industrialization. I've now spoken about the connection between the different elements of transformation. And that brings us to the third outcome, which is the capable state. And that is on slide number 12. In this area, the focus is on a capable state to ensure improved impact of public policies. The goal is to build increased capacity so that our national objectives are achieved through a new culture of partnership, a partnership in the economy that's characterized by greater responsiveness and nimbleness by the DTIC and its different entities. And this includes promoting smart regulation. And by smart regulation, it means cutting red tape and ensuring a fit for purpose and effective regulation and reviewing internal processes uh, inside the department and the entities. And it also means working with other parts of the state to forge a social compact with business and labor. We've lifted out five areas in which we, we seek to, uh, to build that capability within the state. The first is in the department itself, and that is strengthening the capacity in the DTIC, attracting uh, uh, more specialized professionals that are able to come into the department and uh, contribute. The goal would be to find uh, the most capable South African in any area and to make the environment increasingly attractive to them. But inside the department, it also means streamlining the work. The DTIC has 10 programs and 10 branches. And part of what we're seeking to do is both connect these better, but also to see are there opportunities to streamline uh, the, the 10 uh, uh, programs it's a very large number of programs for one department to have, and 
the consequence of the large number of programs that we have is uh, the, the culture of working separately and working in silos, which we need to replace with a culture of greater integration. The second area of focus is the public entities that report inside the DTIC. 17 of them are standalone entities. One of them utilizes the capacity of the department. And building the entity staffing, we've seen a, a need to, to up our game in the level of skills inside public entities, to improve the governance capacity that boards and other governance, uh, governance uh, 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 entities uh, or institutions are able to carry out their work. Uh, it's about improving the response time uh, for entities to deal with the challenges that businesses or consumers or investors or workers would have, and developing shared services so that less of our money is spent on uh, unproductively employing uh, CFOs and HR directors and so on in every separate entity together with a, a big support staff. Increasingly, we've got to look well after the money of taxpayers by ensuring that where it makes sense, we, we, we bring these services together, we spend less money collectively on these services, and we improve the quality of these services. We're also looking at the rationalization of functions between entities, uh, and the integration of the work between entities and with the department. The rationalization of functions is an important area. Uh, these 17 separate entities that I spoke of are uh, quite a, uh, a big uh, uh, financial uh, obligation on the state and on uh, consumers. And so a big, uh, we're looking now at ways in which we can, in fact, uh, consolidate and reduce the number of public entities inside the DTIC. So there's really two elements to it. The one is to rationalize uh, the back-end services. So those would be things like I IT and uh, human resources and so on. And the second one is to see uh, whether we can, in fact, uh, integrate uh, in a manner that would uh, still entail effective delivery, the different entities. We've got four entities, for example, responsible for uh, technical standards uh, in the economy. And uh, there may be an opportunity to consolidate them into fewer technical standards entities. We have three entities that directly deal with aspects of industrial funding, either through uh, equity or grants or insurance coverage. Uh, and uh, the question is whether we can't get more done by consolidating uh, those, those entities. The third area is smart regulation. I've uh, briefly referred to that earlier. It's to address red tape. And by red tape, it's a set of regulations that are mindless in that they, they don't um, pursue a, a clear and legitimate public goal, or where they pursue those goals, they do so inefficiently, that the cost to society far outweighs what we're seeking to achieve. 
So part of our work in smart regulation is to look at the regulations themselves. But sometimes it's the internal processes that are as important. We saw last year with the development finance institutions, without changing the regulations, just changing the internal rules and the workflow, they were able to respond uh, more or uh, expeditiously, more quickly to the needs of uh, businesses. The fourth one is coordination within the state. Uh, this is ensuring effective support functions from other public entities to achieve APP outcomes. Industrialization is critically dependent on ensuring that we have a secure and affordable supply of energy. The ability to export is dependent on a strong and, and competitive transport and logistics system. The um, uh, encouraging of investment requires that we have rule of law and that we have uh, action against uh, criminals who disrupt in different and of course, uh, ensuring that we create a culture in which corruption can't uh, thrive. And finally, the fifth area is to contribute to social Chippers, and I then go to slide number 13. Slide number 13 looks at the relationship between these three outcomes. And we make the point that the three outcomes have a complex and over, overlapping relationship. I've spoken up to now on the relationship within each of the outcomes. Now we look at how they relate to each other. Industrialization, of course, is the defining focus of the DTIC. Yet in the conditions of South Africa, it's imperative to promote transformation as part of industrialization. We do so for reasons of economic inclusion and stability, but also to widen the talent pool and deepen the base for growth itself. An industrialization strategy that is pursued in China or in the United States will be very different to one pursued in South Africa. At the same time, the DTIC has a legal mandate on transformation that goes beyond just the DTIC industrial sectors, and it covers the wider economy. So some of our work on transformation would cover the mining sector and culture, even though the lead ministers there would uh, take
Just wait until the minister comes back on. Give it I'm sorry about the chairperson. So I made the point that um, the the transformation uh, is connected to industrialization, but transformation also goes beyond the industrialization uh, areas of the DTIC's focus. And the capable state is a critical requirement for fruitful partnerships with the sector in order to drive industrialization. Uh, an industrialization agenda requires that the state must also play its role. Uh, and, um, uh, and for that reason, these three outcomes also reinforce each other. We make the point that the DTIC mandate requires state capability in areas not confined to industrialization, for example, consumer policy and regulation of matters like alcohol and gambling. The next slide, uh, slide number 14, then builds on these areas and it um, <clears throat> makes a number of points about the coordinated approach and we, we've taken transformation as an example, industrialization, and the capable state, showing how each of these are better served when we are able to integrate the work. The township economy, for example, should be able to access dedicated resources from the NEF and the IDC. That's true. But you also need that the NCR's work program uh, is able to kick in and um, protect uh, small players, and we must be able to get SABs and the NRCS and others to refocus their work to be of support to firms in the township economy. In industrialization, uh, similarly, while our, our big story on the green economy may be driven by <clears throat> the green, uh, the electric vehicle program and green hydrogen, uh, an entity like NMISA and SANAS uh, need to build a technical ecosystem that inc can incorporate new technologies like green hydrogen. And the ECIC can help South African firms to access opportunities elsewhere on the African market uh, in renewable energy. And the Competition Commission can prioritize oversight of the energy sector to ensure fair access for IPPs. In the same way, on the capable state, uh, all of the different entities' commitments to reduce turnaround times, improve responsiveness, and combat corruption will help achieve industrialization and transformation outcomes. Uh, there are collaboration beyond the DTIC entities. For example, the Concord judgment on the preferential procurement regulations require greater work with individual organs of state and a revamp of the procurement legislation to give effect to public policy objectives. The uh, next slide, slide number 15, begins to bring uh, these now a little bit together by focusing on the performance indicators. The, the work of the DTIC and its entities, as, as we've said, will have the three uh, strategic focus areas that we've spoken to. Uh, and we make the point that it's also a contribution, a significant contribution to the economic reconstruction and recovery plan announced by the president in October 2020. 
The DTIC seeks to contribute to inclusive growth and job creation through a number of means. We've got some uh, metrics, so uh, numerical uh, framing of our work, and then we have work program framing of the activities of the department. If I take first the numerics, we seek to increase the level of investment in the economy by securing pledges for fresh investment in South Africa of at least 120 billion rand, largely from the private sector during the next 12 months. We seek to improve industrialization of the economy through contributing during the financial year in selected projects to the target of 200 billion rand of additional local industrial output that we seek to achieve over a five-year period. And we seek to support structural transformation of firms and sectors through customized packages. Customized packages of support of 22 billion Rand that the DTIC and its entities will be um, uh, approving and dispersing. It will be in some cases industrial funding, in other instances, competitive enhancement programs or working capital to um, uh, SMMEs and so on. We seek to maintain South Africa's share of manufacturing uh, global exports worth about 600 billion Rand through support and risk cover on transactions valued at 8.2 billion Rand that are expected to be issued. So here we've taken a few metrics, 120 billion Rand, 200 billion Rand, over a five-year period, 22 billion rand, 600 billion, and 8.2 billion rand. The question is, how do we achieve that? And um, the next uh, the next slide deals with the kind of uh, products that the department will be producing in order to achieve these outcomes. We've just taken a few of these. In some cases, they are direct financial support. We measure that support and we say we're going to be doing X rand of support to, an, uh, to industrialists or to firms. Uh, and um, uh, we seek that to generate a counterparty investment or local procurement. In other cases, it will be the drafting of bills in different areas, uh, 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 patent rights, uh, uh, companies um, amendment, credit amendment, national gambling. Yet will either be a review or an implementation or a drafting exercise. In other instances, we'll be revising, looking again and revising regulation. And we've covered uh, areas as different there as anti-dumping investigations, safeguard um, investigations, tariff uh, measures, the BEE framework or liquor policy. Other products would be MOUs and social compacts with industry on investment, on jobs and on output. Uh, some of the work of the department will be to develop trade protocols and rules of origin proposals, or set up export networks and put export plans in place, or revitalize industrial parks and uh, expand special economic zones uh, as part of developing a new framework for the DTIC special policy, or put together strategic documents like the uh, roadmap uh, uh, on uh, green hydrogen commercialization or new energy vehicles, or cutting red tape, uh, or improve 
processes, systems, and capacity to monitor and evaluate uh, our work, to do better on entity oversight in combating corruption. There's a new anti-corruption uh, uh, unit that is proposed and shared use of internal capacity. Some of it will be presentations or inputs and engagements with NEDLAC, with Parliament, uh, inside of Cabinet and with other government entities. We'll be producing research reports and analytic systems uh, so that there is a greater reliance on evidence-based policymaking uh, by the department. And finally, we uh, will be doing more action minutes. Now, action minutes are quite an important part of our work because what the action minutes will do is, and honorable members will find a lot of the action minute references in the technical uh, indicators and descriptors at the, uh, at the uh, end of the annual performance plan. Typically, the department's work has to be in the form of, much of its work has to be in the form of a report. But a report can very often simply give an explanation of the landscape and do a desktop analysis and perhaps explain why the objective circumstances uh, has resulted in uh, no action being taken. That's not what we need. We need a department that spends less time on explaining why we're not doing things and become a department that spends more time on doing things, on getting action going, on implementing uh, what we seek to do. And so an action minute puts the emphasis on the actions that will be undertaken and that have been undertaken. They're not plans in the sense of this is what we're going to do in future. They are actions that have been taken in the course of a financial year that are lifted out. So that honorable members will see a, a, many references to action minutes in the technical descriptors rather than uh, the old language of reports. The next slide, slide number uh, 18, <clears throat> has a broad brush summary of what the APP will cover. Uh, we, had, we have 10 programs that uh, is in the structure of the department, and they're responsible for the 17 plus one entities, which we hope through our work we can reduce in future. There are three outcomes now that unites all the work of the department. There's 151 uh, separate output indicators that have been identified. This is a significant increase from the 80 output indicators in the previous financial year. And it, it represents a stepping up of our actions, a responding to the call by the president that the state needs to be able to up its game and we need to be able to, to act uh, on a wider range of areas and in many more districts across the country. Uh, we also refer to the medium-term strategic framework priorities, the staffing and the budget allocation. In the budget allocation, I want to make the point that uh, the, the budget for this financial year uh, is uh, reduced from last year, mainly because during last year, we had a special injection of funds into the DTIC as a result of the programs that we introduced to combat the uh, damage caused by the July 
2021 unrest in parts of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. So a, a special sum of money was made available uh, through the appropriation process to the DTIC. That's not part of its normal baseline budget. And that, of course, has not been continued in the new financial year. Uh, nonetheless, we have a, a significant budget allocation and we need to make sure that we can secure the outcomes that uh, uh, our people need, that South Africans need, that um, members of parliament have been um, uh, uh, focusing on. And the, the next section of the presentation really starts to look at each of the areas, the outcome, the outputs, and the output indicators. And Chairperson, with that um, introduction, uh, may I request that um, the uh, Deputy Minister and Director General be given an opportunity to take the uh, Portfolio Committee through the next number of slides, and that will be followed by the CFO, who will then uh, uh, also uh, take the committee through the financial and budgetary uh, issues. And uh, with your permission, Chairperson, uh, uh, both that uh, the, uh, the team take over from here, if I may be then excused uh, to attend to the challenges here in KZN and uh, to look forward to getting a full report from the staff on the observations, advice and uh, comments by the Portfolio Committee members. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Minister, for uh, that part of your presentation. Uh, you are excused from this meeting and we wish you well in the work that you will be doing in KZN. Um, over to you, DM uh, Jona. Thanks. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, the Minister has already covered the, the, the bulk of the of the ATP as it relates to the core overarching issues. So what follows uh, would be the presentation that covers each of the programs. So I would like to hand over to Financing uh, Susan Mangole, who's also here, 
XTDDG for um, our work on industrial zones and uh, economic transformation, Mauju Bolifiani, our DDG responsible for exports, and Rado Madaboke, our head of Invest uh, SA, this is the branch that is um, responsible for the work that we do to attract investors uh, into South Africa and peace. Um, their entry into the market and um, how they do business uh, in the market. Eunice was saying, DDG is responsible for uh, the competition work program of the DTIC, uh, Tanya Fanmeres, uh, and then um, the CFO, who will also uh, be doing parts of the presentation. And then um, the various uh, colleagues um, that are here uh, supporting uh, the work um, that we will be doing and who will also be sharing established by the members and some of um, the details of our various work programs. As Minister had indicated, uh, Chairperson, we went through an extensive review of the APP and um, what we have um, ended up uh, with uh, is 151 key performance uh, indicators um, that we will be um, responsible for uh, in the coming year. And uh, those uh, indicators um, are going to be implemented through our 10 uh, programs. And Minister has indicated that it will be supporting the three outcomes of industrialization, transformation, and a capable state. And then um, we've got um, 1,350 um, uh, officials who will then also be uh, responsible uh, to implement the APP that is presented uh, to the honorable members uh, today. And of those 54% uh, women who are in uh, senior uh, leadership posts and 3.9% persons who are living uh, with uh, disabilities, and um, we are going to implement um, the 151 uh, indicators in the budget of about 10.85 uh, billion, which uh, the CFO will now uh, go deep into uh, to talk about how we um, break that uh, down. So from administration, which is our program number one, Minister has indicated that our focus is going to be on building a capable state. And there are a couple of areas we will be focusing on. Uh, first of all, of all is um, ensuring that we improve our turnaround uh, times. And then you see there that um, one of the key indicators is around ensuring that when it comes to contracting, when it comes to our SMAs, legal opinions, uh, actively engaging in litigation where that is necessary, we put down um, as an outcome our important um, work of ensuring that all that work is done within the required um, uh, uh, time frame. And uh, of course, um, the quality standard that allows them, them to do its work. We understand that we cannot build an available state without a structure that is fit for purpose. So, for that reason, you see there that um, we also have a priority to improve the structure of the DTIC. Minister has already spoken 
about including not just the DTIC structure itself, but also um, the entities, and that, that optimization may very well lead to a reduction uh, in the number of uh, entities uh, that uh, the department has. We've also um, included an important uh, performance area uh, in relation to the IT services of the department that as a program really that lays the foundation in terms of um, the uh, assets that are available to colleagues to do their work, uh, the structure that allows the work to be done, then one of, one of the things that we are going to focus on is to show that we've got a stable IT platform that is resilient, that is safe, and uh, that allows us uh, to do our work in a world that is increasingly going digital. And then the next slide, which is slide number 20, again, uh, based on our, our, our belief that a capable state must also be an ethical state, and it must be a state that is um, accountable. You'll see in the next two slides, um, the focus is on um, the area of uh, ensuring that um, we have a fully functional anti-corruption uh, unit where when cases are reported, uh, they are fully investigated and um, those uh, reports uh, are then uh, dealt with depending on what um, the outcomes of the investigations indicate. And um, our commitment uh, to improve communication uh, both to the immediate stakeholders of the DTIC in terms of progress of what we have achieved over the period, but also reaching out to various communities to inform them of the work that uh, the DTIC uh, will be involved in. And then on uh, slide 21, um, we also indicated important work the minister has already spoken to it in relation to continuing improve our processes, uh, focus on the uh, reduction of, um, of red tape, improved oversight of uh, our entities, and uh, tracking the work that we do in as far as impact is concerned um, for uh, women, for people living with uh, disabilities in various uh, designated um, communities. Then um, on uh, slide 22, what we do there is just also applying to uh, the, the members and the work uh, that we will be doing to improve coordination. Minister spoke about the importance of improving coordination both within the DTIC and uh, the DTIC itself, improving coordination within the state. And you see the um, slide 22, that is an important area of work that we will then uh, be focusing on. The minister has already indicated one area of uh, deliverable that we will be uh, seized with as far as um, supporting local manufacturing through ensuring that we use government's uh, procurement muscle um, to uh, be uh, an optic for manufacturers to create the market for local manufacturers. So um, for, for that, you see there that uh, that would require a good coordination and um, within uh, the state. That is just about one of the areas we'll be focusing on. Then program uh, number two in the DTIC is a program that deals with how we relate to the rest of the world. 
and uh, and uh, our trade policy here. Our aim is to build a equitable and global trading system that facilitates development. And for us, we need that to uh, strengthen trade and investment links with key colonies and fostering African development, uh, including regional and continental integration and developing cooperation in line with the African uh, Union Agenda of 2061. And members must be aware that the AFCTA is an important deliverable as far as that agenda is concerned. So you see that the next set of activities and outcomes uh, that follow will focus mainly on uh, actualizing the promise of the AFCTA and uh, ensuring that we create a stable and um, an operational environment within which our traders, uh, be they exporters to the rest of the continent or those that are importing from the rest of, uh, of the continent, can do so within a framework of very clear rules um, that have been uh, set uh, to support um, that trade. And then we also um, highlight uh, some of um, the important work that we will be doing. Um, which also support actually the environment, a uh, review of uh, the SACU uh, EU Economic Partnership Agreement, and the Africa Growth and Opportunity uh, Act. Uh, we will be um, hosting uh, AGOA um, later this, uh, this year. And it is important that we continue to be a beneficiary and uh, an important participant um, of uh, that agreement. And then uh, the bilateral initiatives that we are going to pursue in uh, Asia with Latin American counterparts and also with the, within the, 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 the Middle East. And uh, in all this work, we will also be supporting state visits that the president will undertake, most of which would have a business element in them. And, and those are called business forum. And uh, the DTI plays an important role to ensure that uh, our products um, get uh, a special niche in this uh, business, and um, that um, the business also open up export markets and uh, to products that are manufactured in South Africa, key services where South Africans provide a niche support to the rest of the world, where those are also um, supported through that uh, initiative. Then uh, on uh, trade policy, Again, you will see the, uh, the important work that we will be uh, doing on the WTO, on the T20, within the BRICS, um, where we will uh, continue to work uh, with, uh, with the trading partners uh, to ensure that uh, the trading advantages that South African um, exporters uh, have, that those are secure and they trade within a fairer uh, system that allows them uh, to prosper and when our traders are prospering and um, uh, that, that is our exporters and uh, the, 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 the economy also prospers because they put export markets where they can sell um, their products. Then on slide 25, um, uh, Chair, again, um, we, we talk about some of the other important work uh, related to trade and um, that we will be uh, looking at as a, as a, as a department and um, how the, the work of, um, of trade policy 
affects and firms that are located in different districts, in different uh, social economic zones, township and industrial parts, so that we connect all those jobs for um, in order to support uh, economic uh, development and uh, through um, ability of our companies uh, to trade in a fairer system. We are also taking forward and um, the, the important objective of creating jobs, of dealing with uh, unemployment, and also addressing um, poverty. We will be uh, looking at um, a draft bill on payments and um, an idea um, on uh, designs. And um, what we intend to do for this period is um, to ensure that um, we are reporting, we are taking this uh, through the economic uh, cluster as part of the preparation for these bills and uh, to go through the government system and be prepared for parliament. Program number three is a special industrial um, uh, development program. Here, our aim is to drive economic uh, transformation and increase uh, participation um, in industrialization of various members uh, of uh, our communities. And what we are setting up there is some of the instruments uh, that we are going to be tracking and uh, giving some, some of the programs. Minister has already spoken to the important work that we will be doing uh, to strengthen our special economic zone and model. And to make sure that um, it is uh, much more, um, uh, it, it um, provides more investment and uh, much more quickly, and uh, that uh, we have these especially economic zones, a lot, uh, a lot of them more operational in the shortest space of time so that investors can um, locate in some of uh, these zones. And the work that we set out there is the government's work that has to be done to show that within government and this proper uh, designation of roles and responsibilities, and that all of us are working with this coordinated manner. As we see uh, uh, the work that we did with the 20 SEZ, where between national government, provincial government, and uh, local government, we were able to pull up. Um, a very uh, uh, effective uh, special economic zone within the shortest uh, space of time. So this is some of the work that we will be doing to see how uh, that model, which was um, actually uh, developed within the DTIC, but supported by the province in Hongkong, uh, supported by, um, by, by the local uh, government, uh, can then be replicated and even be customized for um, different uh, regions uh, in South Africa so that we spread uh, that success and uh, that we were uh, able to secure care. And similarly, when it comes to um, the various districts, so the work on, uh, on, on our transformation um, will now focus also on the 52 uh, districts of metros. In, uh, in, in South Africa, and um, this will include us also taking out where we are active as a, as a department in the various metros and working in the different localities to ensure that in, area, in areas where there isn't as much industrial activity as we would like, 
primarily to import goods and services that we can get in South Africa. We, we use that uh, funding uh, to secure our, our companies. And then uh, the other important area of work, Melissa had already spoken to it, is on the green hydrogen commercialization strategy, which is part of our transition um, into a more cleaner uh, uh, production environment uh, in South Africa. And we know that because of our uh, mineral uh, deposits, as far as pregnant is concerned, these are some of the areas where South Africa has a natural advantage. It's important that we act on that natural advantage within the window of opportunity that we can, so, so that we don't waste uh, the boat and that um, our, our ability to play an important role um, in the green hydrogen space um, is not squandered and taken away um, by, by others um, because we, 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 we haven't secured ourselves. That is why there will be an important um, uh, priority of ours to make sure that we finalize the green hydrogen commercialization uh, strategy um, in this period. To the uh, other areas um, of focus uh, for our industrial policy work programs, areas where we work with sectors, and uh, across the board, you will see that throughout the programs of the BTIC, this issue of reducing red tape um, it would be highlighted so that we ensure that in the way that uh, we are working uh, with industry. We do not impose unnecessary costs and, uh, and delays, and that uh, will, will stifle the ability of our companies to do business and do, do so effectively. But that we support them uh, to be able to increase uh, their, their investments and uh, invest in new areas where they are currently and not paying. Then on the consumer and corporate uh, regulation portion of the work, and um, that um, is uh, the area where we would uh, develop uh, laws and, uh, and regulations. Here, yeah, purpose would be to develop and implement coherent, predictable, transparent regulatory uh, solutions that facilitate ease um, of access uh, to redress and efficient regulation for economic uh, citizens. And uh, what we set out there are the important bills that we will be working on in this financial year, the Companies Amendment um, Bill, uh, being uh, one of those. I will then move uh, to the um, next area of work, industrial financing. And uh, this is the part of the department where we offer financial solutions to enterprises. Uh, to assist them um, to uh, invest for jobs for markets. And um, our focus here would be to stimulate and facilitate development of sustainable and competitive enterprises through the efficient provision of effective and accessible incentive measures that support national uh, priorities. As we've done in uh, various years, we have uh, checked how much um, the monies that we are provided by a, a national treasury, which are voted for in um, uh, by parliament, and do as far as uh, uh, investment uh, is concerned, and we will continue to do that. And um, one of the things that we always say is that for 
every grant uh, that is uh, provided to ES for support, we typically leverage about three to four rand um, of uh, uh, investment uh, that would be supported. So we we'll continue to, uh, to track that and we we'll continue to support industry. And that support is going to, to move. And what we are seeing the number of developments and um, the intensity of some of the different crises uh, that are hitting us uh, here at home and, uh, and globally is the importance of nimbleness in as far as providing the support is concerned. Minister spoke about how quickly we were able to respond. Uh, to the challenges that have been in KZN. And um, the other important area of work is going to be how quickly we are now able to respond uh, within this program and the various other programs of the challenges again now of the, of the floods and uh, various other uh, crises that may hit us uh, during the, the, the year. And um, the, the, the thing that we are focusing on here um, that would uh, support our aim to be nimble uh, is to ensure the reduction uh, in Britain, the closeness of the working relationship between ourselves, the IDC, the, the NEF, which are important uh, agencies as far as um, this work uh, is concerned, and making sure that we are able to continue to work with companies. Uh, to be able to leverage national goals. And um, as we always say, we are paying for national goals in some of these things. Uh, the goals of ensuring that there's employment, this transformation, that we support these enterprises to be able to, uh, to export, uh, to grow their outputs, and the uh, outputs that they, they produce in our local market, and that they themselves are able to thrive through the support. So um, I think um, those are the priorities that are set to share in uh, slide number 32 and slide number uh, 33, what I would just uh, highlight and um, some of the important area of work that we would be doing here would also be the film, uh, uh, film animation and uh, the local business services uh, master plans and um, that we would also be tracking uh, through that branch. On the export front, uh, uh, we are going to be looking at a couple of areas. Minister has already indicated and the, the importance of um, bringing close the work that we do in sector development and ensuring that we are supporting those enterprises and to also be ready and uh, to um, be active in the, in the export market. And what we will be doing here I would be uh, looking at uh, a number of uh, export uh, networks and uh, fora uh, that we will be uh, putting uh, together. One of those would include uh, export uh, fora of the black industrialists, there will be export fora of various uh, sectors which would be uh, part of, um, of this work. And we would also uh, be assessing the, um, the impact of um, the work uh, that uh, we are doing in as far as the HCATA is concerned, looking at whether we are seeing increased export from the, the implementation of the Africa continental free trade uh, area. And we will also uh, be looking at um, where we need to improve our exports, putting together action plans uh, to improve uh, exports in other 
uh, in the country. So in this area of work, we will be monitoring that. And um, as part of building a capable uh, state, uh, we will also be uh, working to uh, develop a knowledge networks and um, uh, 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 capacity building um, of uh, the staff uh, within the DPIC, uh, publishing opinion uh, 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 pieces um, in various uh, communication um, uh, 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 platforms and um, working with institutions of higher learning to bring them more close to, to informing our, our programs and also uh, trying to uh, influence them in the way that they structure uh, their own programs that work in the space that we are in. Chair, I think uh, some concluding and just highlighting uh, some, uh, some of our legislative uh, programs. Maybe uh, an amendment will be taken and um, as far as the work-based work and economic empowerment policies uh, is concerned, this will include the strategy and regulation and course of good practice. And the Companies Act amendment um, will be processed, focus on ease of doing business, the work on the copyright amendment bill and performance um, amendment bill will continue in parliament. And uh, we'll be hoping that we are going towards finalization. And here we want to ensure a rigorous and effective legislative, uh, legislative regime for the creative industries with copyright based industries, um, uh, with other copyright based industries with legal uh, protection for rights holders. Then on the National Credit Management Bill, we'll be reviewing this. Um, this will ensure that over indebted low earning consumers receive cost effective uh, debt relief and the national building regulations and building uh, standards that these are going to be amended just to align them to the uh, constitutional uh, court um, outcome. And then the special economic zones um, strategic framework, which we have indicated and that uh, we will be uh, reviewing to bring this close to the work that we bring on the uh, industrial parks and uh, align the SCS policy and act to our new uh, priorities. Then, um, planned uh, provincial uh, interventions, we just name a few. Um, we indicated as far as trade policy is concerned, there will be this dashboard. Uh, that we will be uh, looking at, and that dashboard will look at how uh, the work that we've done on the AFCFTA uh, is finding relevance in the companies that are in the various uh, provinces. As far as the special industrial um, development report is concerned, and um, the digital hubs, uh, also um, highlighting uh, those. Uh, in the work that we, we will be doing on the sectors, um, the various uh, sector master plans, which are going to find themselves um, in companies and in different uh, provinces on the consumer and corporate uh, regulation side, and the work that we will be doing, particularly the labor boards and um, the various um, uh, boards who are in different uh, provinces and that uh, support in the work of the department, as far as education and awareness is concerned, it's important that when we have bills, when we have regulations, 
and that this uh, also um, introduced and provided, I think, it's a way for, for consumers and different companies to be able to use them as remedies to the extent that they would require those. So this education and awareness programs are very, very important so that the different players know not only their rights but also their responsibilities in the areas where they function. And as far as industrial financing is concerned, of course, we would be um, working with different uh, companies that are located in different uh, provinces. And our aim here is to ensure that where there are districts with uh, low uptake, that we bring those much closer uh, to the work that we do. And then on, uh, on exports, we've already uh, indicated the important work of capacity building and that we will be doing, and that will entail a number of uh, districts, or uh, as far as investment is concerned. And um, two uh, provinces have been prioritized as uh, the Eastern Cape and uh, the Popo, as far as the launches of one stop shops uh, for the year ahead. And uh, on uh, competition, the work that we have done previously on the Great Summer Fund, and when we uh, have worked with provinces such as uh, the Eastern Cape, Pazuna, Dalam Cape, Western Cape, Northern Cape, and uh, the, the Free State in supporting. And construction of schools and children's uh, uh, colleges, and that support also uh, based on small enterprises and the language as far as that work is concerned. And then the last bit of work, um, the economic research work, where we are focusing on the various districts in South Africa, the 52 districts uh, in South Africa, they're all our interventions as far as that is concerned and uh, monitoring the impact of the work that we do in the various uh, districts. Chair, with that, um, uh, with your permission and uh, through the, the DM, um, uh, I'll then hand over to my colleague, the CFO, to really just take us through um, the structure of uh, our budget to help us um, in achieving the outputs that I have set out uh, to, uh, to, the, to the community and uh, how um, our budget will be uh, supporting us. Thank you, Thank you very much, uh, Um Over to you, CFO. We will have a comfort break after the presentation is concluded before we go into discussion. Thank you. Good morning, Honourable Chairperson, members of the Portfolio Committee, staff of Parliament, and colleagues. Uh, my presentation will cover the, the budget uh, structure uh, as well as some of the budget analysis. I think key to the budget for this financial year was the work around the annual performance plan and how we actually apportion this budget over the various programs. Um, the, um, uh, in, in terms of this uh, uh, Approach. I think the annual performance plan provided a framework in which the department will align and utilize and utilize its financial and human resources. And 
Uh, for this financial year, we've been allocated a budget of 10.8 billion rand, uh, which will really, which will really drive the work of industrialization, transformation, and as well as a capable state. Um, key to highlight is that um, in the last financial year, and the minister sort of touched briefly in his introduction. Um, in the last financial year, we were provided um, an additional budget of 1.3 billion rand during the adjustment budget, as well as 800 million rand was um, appropriated to the department for a social improvement fund. This was provided during the adjustment budget and was approved and incented by the president uh, in uh, early in this year, um, in, in January this year. Um, when looking at some of the key movements from the previous year, uh, we see that there is a decrease uh, of 3.7% uh, in the budget. But as indicated, this was really due to the additional funds that were provided to support the July unrest, as well as the social employment fund. Uh, key to highlight is that the funding for the social employment fund has been extended for, it, for an additional two years at a value of 1.65 billion rand. Uh, this is part of the presidential youth um,
participated and presented um, in terms of the APP. Uh, a few questions and also some comments. Uh, firstly, with regards to the three outcomes, uh, industrialization, transformation, capable state, uh, I think all three outcomes are, are important. Um, but sometimes when we focus perhaps a little too much on the one, for example, uh, let's take transformation. Um, that can also lead one away from the focuses on industrialization and the capable state. <clears throat> so how, how, is, how is this going to be done to, to ensure that there is a synergy where one does not detract from, from the other? As all three are important, transformation is important. But certainly you don't want to be focusing on any one of those three um, because then it detracts from, from the other. Then I think secondly, just an observation that despite some very innovative ideas and policies and plans that we have, sadly, over the, the last few years, many of these policies and plans um, have resulted where there has been GDP growth, but it's resulted in job, jobless growth. And one of our key strategies is, is employment generation. But, but to a large extent, what we are seeing in South Africa is, is jobless growth. Now, despite the fact that we have some brilliant policies and plans, um, it's insufficient to turn around to the, the economic situation to ensure that we address one of the challenges that we have, which is unemployment. Um, the... Pledges that we have of some 300 and slide seven, the pledges that we have of some 336.8 billion in new investment. Um, I'm just interested to, to hear how we are able to, and, and I'm, I'm you know, pleased to hear that we're able to leverage on the investment every rand spent, we're able to leverage that by another three to four rand um, on top of every rand spent. But what is the track record? in turning the pledges that we receive um, into projects and then employment. Um, because it's one thing having the pledge, but it's the other thing taking that particular pledge and, and generating it into, uh, into a project um, or employment. Then slide eight, um, with regard to the, the weak export promotion connection with industrialization, um, this may be a little bit more of a generalized question with regards to the war in Ukraine and Russia and its impact on our exports. Um, in particular, this, the citrus export. Um, billions of rands have been pledged in export to both Ukraine and, and Russia. Um, so how are we actually addressing, uh, and obviously this is a curveball, something that you did not, did not expect, but it, it has to be these curveballs get thrown at us, and we need the nimbleness, which is a word that I've been hearing often uh, in, in the presentation. So how do we utilize our nimbleness to, to address uh, this export challenge? Uh, slide 11 speaks about addressing structural challenges, and the structural challenges also to a large extent speak to the challenges that we have sometimes with policy and, and political uncertainty, um, where we do not have the different departments, different entities, uh, speaking to each other, the, 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 the proper and the correct alignment, uh, which mitigates um, uh, with the structural challenges that we that we have. So, so the alignment of uh, to ensure that that the structural challenges within the department and departments 
uh, intergovernmental departments. Uh, what type of what type of engagement is there um, to to ensure that we limit those those structural challenges and and like you said also I think in terms of the president's goal limiting red tape, um, uh, which is an impediment to uh, to, to business uh, and to economic growth. Uh, clearly, uh, slide, uh, slide 12, uh, 12, I think the, the minister spoke about challenges also, ESCOM, uh, and energy challenges also, which acts as an impediment to economic growth. Um, when I was still in council in Etiquini, we visited an industrial park in the uh, in Changa, Hammersdale area, uh, and it, it was one of the companies that had invested in solar panels, um, they have their own water tanks generating their own water. So they're kind of looking at going off the grid so that they could be as competitive as possible. But the municipality would stop to them and said, you need a water license. Um, you know, and did you get a license to have these panels on? Uh, so this was obviously uh, in the late 2000s. Um, so have we addressed these particular challenges? Um, because clearly uh, energy generation <coughs> And some of our municipalities are incapable of developing these services. Uh, and the minister has addressed that in the water, the chicken, one of the companies, uh, the poultry industry. Um, so what is what is the department's role in plan, even within the department of also going green? So we talk about going green, but what is the department's plan? Where are the solar panels on our buildings? Where's the water harvesting? So we can reduce our economic footprint. I'm out of time. No, I think you might. Okay. Um, and so let me. I think I'm almost done. Maybe the last two questions. On slide. Uh, slide slide 42. I think this also speaks to the challenges, I think, with regards to service delivery in our municipalities, the, step, the establishment to support SEZs, industrial parks, and uh, and digital hubs. Um, and so I think clearly, I think I've already addressed, I've already addressed that with regards to uh, the mic. This mic is failing me. All right, I've addressed that with regards to the failure of our municipalities to provide services, uh, service delivery. And so I think clearly with our special economic zones, um, the, the local government elections and the role, uh, thank you, local government elections and the role of municipalities in, in, in supplying your, your basic infrastructure, your services is key. And so hopefully um, that is a part of the, the, the plan. Um, with regards to the rollout of our SEZs, industrial parks, and, and digital hubs. Um, and, and maybe finally, uh, just with regards to education, so my, my parting shot, with regards to education, uh, many speak about the skills gap that we, that we have, but clearly if we want to build the economy, um, the skills gap with regards to our artisans, our plumbers, our electricians, uh, our mold rights, uh, our bricklayers. Um, when I speak to people on the ground, there's a cry uh, that some of the conditions uh, are not being adhered to, some of the qualifications, the standards are not being adhered to. Um, and, and if we wish to see South Africa uh, 
growing to the potential that it can grow. Um, these artisans are, and engineers are going to be key uh, to the world in South Africa. So what is the role of the department in ensuring uh, that we have those particular skills? And we're not unnecessarily importing um, those skills where we have already such a huge unemployment challenge in the country. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Three. I'm sure the Minister will be very disappointed that he didn't hear you speaking about the situation. I saw it there, so. Okay, you are satisfied with what's included. That is good. Thank you. It's a pity in your pet, PG. Honorable Chair. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. Let me work on the presentation. Um, I have only three questions, Chair. Um, I have noted that the department is working towards uh, realizing the investment emanating from Pledges Act Investment uh, Conference. What has been the impact of realizing investment on job creation? And then on budget, what are the reasons for the decrease for the decrease? in budget allocation for the industrial financing, economic research, and trade investment SA programs. Lastly, the industrial financing program, uh, which I see, is a budget, but this budget will be decreased by 19.5% in the financing this financial year. What is the expected impact of this on leveraging investments and economic growth. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go Thank you very much, Chair. Chair, uh, just to start off uh, by welcoming the commitment to rationalize the departments and obviously cut costs in that respect. Um, it's something that we've heard about in the past, I really hope that it comes to fruition. I think it's very really important that it's rationalised, it's been voted for quite too long. And I think if the resources can be used more effectively, considering the constraint fiscal environment, it would only have benefits uh, for the department and for governments at large. Chair, just a couple of questions uh, ranging from various topics. And one thing I do find to be a rather Concerning emission is the fact that a number of the entities are never included in this kind of reporting, but I'll get to my question regarding that soon. Uh, the first thing I want to speak to is the review of the SADC EU EPA. That review process is currently underway, I think it's been underway since November 2021. And this has obviously been strained by virtue of government's uh, response to the Ukrainian invasion of, or shall I say, the Russian invasion of uh, Ukraine. And there's been quite an excited response from the EU delegation, and I think rightfully so on their part. And considering the fact that they are our largest trading partner, what is the department's view on how that may affect the kinds of terms that we get uh, when this particular EPA is reviewed? As far as I understand, there are 36 tariff, uh, non-reciprocal tariff uh, lines that we benefit from. And I think that, you know, we'd be making a terrible mistake um, if we didn't try and uh, make sure that we are able to at least maintain that and possibly expand um, on the concessions that we receive from that agreement. And 
our Christian party share concern that the recent votes of the UNGA uh, compromise the position that we find ourselves in. Um, another thing is a set of questions that I posed to the Minister most recently in terms of combating the public infrastructure theft that is rampant. I mean, you would see over the past week, Joburg has been particularly hard hit on that front. And I also understand that there are a number of senior players who have come to present to this committee and I've gone to go and visit them myself. We have called for a ban of the export of scrap metal. And they believe that this is the panacea to fixing it. However, I'm of the view that it's a crime issue and it needs to be better enforced. However, the Minister failed to share his thinking on what uh, this department is in collaboration with the Department of Police is actually going to do to combat that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with prudent regulation to make sure that the contents of uh, inbox that are you know, being distributed and exported are checked. Um, but these kinds of things need to be put in place. And also, we're working with the metal recyclers to make sure that enforcement authorities know what they need to look for to determine whether or not uh, you know, illicit uh, goods are being sold on the market. So, just if I can have a little bit of additional input regarding the thinking in terms of uh, controlling and combating that particular um, blight. The other thing is also how far along are we in terms of agreeing the final rules of origin in terms of the AFCFTA? I think when I last checked, it was roughly between 85 and 90 percent. I just want to understand what the remaining issues are and how far are we away from operationalizing it. And if up until this day was came to affect the thing that was made last year, what benefits have we derived from the AFCFTA thus far? Um, particularly in light of the drive towards localization that has been pushed quite strongly by the minister. Then the second last question that I have is we were supposed to, shall I say, the president and the minister were supposed to have received a report from the special investigating unit, and um, the first report into corruption at the NLC, which was dealt with 12 of the 50 cases. I'd like to understand whether or not that's been provided to the president and the minister yet, because we've seen no word of it and we were promised that it would come on the first paper. And we would then have a subsequent committee meeting to discuss it. So I'd just like to understand if he has received it, and if he has received it, why does he not share it with the portfolio committee as yet? Then lastly, if I look at the broad strokes that are covered in the presentation, um, I'm sorry to say, but it reminds me very much of the combination of the Conservative and Labour government of the UK in the 70s is very much focused on things that, you know, were predominant focus in many Western economies during that particular time. And I don't think there's enough emphasis on innovation and technology. I'd like to see a larger proportion of our money being spent on incentivizing uh, technology companies to come here and invest. I understand that we, as a country, are working towards absorbing, uh, you know, unskilled and low-skilled workers, but surely there could be a reskilling program that would uh, you know, integrate them into the tech industry and would actually you know, try and establish some sort of comparative advantage through regulation and incentives and the rest of it. And I just think that uh, as much as there is a firm commitment to you know, the likes of poultry, skill and the rest of it, that's not the future. The future is in technology and innovation. So whilst the field is not uh, as crowded, particularly on the continent, why are we not taking advantage of that? And is there an undertaking and a commitment from the department 
that will be more invested into bringing those kinds of industries here so that we can create the kind of jobs we need to generate the kind of growth we uh, so desire. Thanks very much, Jim. Thank you very much, Honorable Mother Nature. Thank you, Chair. Let me take this opportunity to welcome the presentation. The Minister of Asia. Just lift your mic up a bit, yeah. Am I? Okay. Yeah, just speak into the mic. Okay. No, thanks. All right, the French Chair, the Minister of Asia. Let's see, led by Major, our colleagues. Let me also take this opportunity to welcome the presentation and say what a potential full of information, the plan that is ready to revise the law school, and the plan that one can see that is an intention not of being on paper alone, but also the ready for action. Let me start by being specific and say. One is very cautious, the manner in which the indicators are more precisely framed than the previous APP. We realize the incorporating meaning from one year of working with a new integrated approach. That alone will personalize to what used to be a very long presentation, but now it has been narrowed. <clears throat> the other factor that one is very impressed with. For any plan, you will need a capable staff to run. If you check there, it is very precisely to say there will be program that is intended to deal with the training of the staff. That alone, it is a situation where we used to have people who will run the program without understanding the content. Now, when they are confronted with questions, it becomes a problem. The minister and the team must also be commended for. The strategy applied there to produce the outcome from 17 to 3. Simple because they wanted an integrated state so that it is able or it enabled them to have more coordinated and focused in the department than to work across at the end of the day to use I'm saying we must more emphasize on the three outcomes that will be an industrialization. We are very much mindful of the creation of jobs because there's no way that we deal with the problem without thinking of that. And rising this income is very important, and I agree with that. The transformation, what is key on that? It must be emphasized the question of transformation to say, inclusiveness of this <clears throat> assist to balance life in general, where, unlike in the previous year, where certain few minorities to gain whilst the majority were not benefiting here. Therefore, we think with this integrated kind of approach to assist further minister the team, we are very touched when we deal with the capital state, where it is to put more focus on ensuring that it's ethical, so to deal with greed and corruption, because these are the two demons that have got potential of collapsing the economy and whatever plan that you have, it are not healthy, the fear is at the end of the day are not going to achieve. However, from chair will one just pose one question, that's when 
say as our industrial policy been able to achieve if intended policy over the years of affecting structural transformation and inclusive growth? If not, the question would be why. Allow me to post the okay. Thank you very much, Honorable Madam Richard. Honorable Moatse. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Let me also join other members by welcoming the presentation. Uh, I just want to get clarity to what extent uh, is the department measuring the impact of the Black Industrialist Program on transformation of the economy. And on the budget allocation, in the first quarter report of the 2021-2022 financial year, the department stated and, and adjusted budget allocation of 9.7 billion. However, according to the national treasure estimates of the national expenditure, the department budget for the 2021-2022 financial year was 11.8 billion. This figure of 11.8 billion is confirmed by APP. Why are why are this why are there different in the figures? The project in the third quarter and the estimated of national expenditure. Thank you very much, Honorable Maxi, Honorable Ramuyami. Thank you very much, Chair, uh, for the opportunity. Uh, let me also welcome the presentation of the Minister. Representation is very much informative. We are looking forward in terms of delivering our state of the mission address of the president. However, the president, I'm giving some characteristic questions here. This is during the legislative air. In terms of several years, we producing a progress report in terms of the company amendment bill, also the amendment bill, and uh, we told that uh, we are going to deal with the company amendment bill this year. So I just want to take the details in terms of planning. Uh, what is the classic planning to table? One, the company's amendment bill, and also the amendment bill. The last one will be the, the one of the SEZ strategic development as we told. Now, Chair, the there's an issue that was raised by the issue of scrap metal. 
Can you hear me? Am I audible? Yes, yes, you are. Thank you very much. Yes, <laughs> yes thank you. Um, I wanted to greetings to everyone and, and the members of the committee and the chair, and the one that's, that is present. Chair, I think that mine is uh, will be probably very simple to say. I thought maybe the uh, department will actually put in a targets, uh, tangible targets, where, because you know the problem we're having in the country is unemployment. Okay. And we know that the unemployment is sitting at about 35.4%. Now, as a department of trade and industry, we need to create industries so that we can absorb a lot of people, so that they can be employed. Now, this one, I looked through the APP, uh, you know, the you know the you know the presentation all the way from beginning to the end, but I could not find a a point where they're saying that on this year, on this financial year, these are the jobs that we're going to create. Simple, straight up. 
all the other, you know, I've, I've checked all the other, you know, the programs in terms of staffing and coordination and all of that. For yeah, just fine. It is fair enough. But it looks as if we're drifting to what we really seek to really achieve because the the, the unemployment is becoming a national disaster where it will spark a lot of, you know, the, um, you know, the, the chaos and all of that, because if you're not eating and you're not working, it's actually very, very bad. I thought that maybe Chairperson will see on that, uh, on the APP, the targets in terms of how many jobs that will be created by this department, please. For, for, for me, I would have even not even have spoken at all, but when I look to it, but what I see on the reports, on, on the presentation, is reports that I'm going to issue a report on this and issue a report on that and issue a report on this. Are those key performances? I just want to ask, maybe I don't understand. Um, you know, we're going to give you a report on this and a report on that, but there's no such thing. There's nothing that says that with the, how many jobs that are going to be created and all of that. Question is, are we creating... Are we serious about the job, uh, you know, the creation that is actually, that needs to really, really happen, which is, what is the problem is. Number two, why I'm, I'm saying that is, I looked in terms of the, they saying that in slide 37, the, 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 the special economic zone strategic framework needs to be finalized. I mean, the strategic, those zones, the economic zones, are the ones that are supposed to be creating jobs where you'll have industries and all of that. The question myself is to say, why is that actually not finalized so that you can have industries which are actually going to be uh, there uh, in terms of being able to create jobs for the local economy? What is actually holding up? What is the whole, you know, the hold up on that? And then the, the other one is on the issue of the, uh, the I think that one of my colleagues who spoke second, I think um, she actually raised that. There, were, there are pledges which have been done, billions and billions of rent. Is there a report or can you get a report in terms of which companies, these companies that have pledged that they are going to invest, they are putting money, have they really done that? And what jobs that have they been created on this investment? You know, there's this investment that has been happening and pledging and pledging that because I look at that as saying that it's like someone who's having a, who say, who's promising that, hey, look, man, I'm going to give you, let's say, 100 rand. Don't worry about it. And then maybe what if the, you know, when the conditions change, you just start saying that, ah, so I'm sorry, man. I couldn't actually give you that, that, that amount, you know, because of, of the conditions. So I think that on these investments that have been happening, let us get a report maybe on the next meeting or <coughs> is there such a report that tells us the companies that have pledged, have they pledged? Is there a confirmation? Is there a proof that they did that? And how many jobs that if they won't have been, you know, uh, uh, created because of, of, of actually that. I want to check also, Chairperson, the red tape that has been cut. What red tape? Um, can, the, can, can the department be specific in that we have cut the red tape on doing business? Can you give me an example 
that uh, this uh, has, has been done because I still see queues of people trying to register companies. I still see backlogs in terms of finalizations of those companies and taxes and all of that and all those kind of stuff. Maybe the department can actually give us the, those, those kind of things in terms of what are the red tapes that they've cut, practical examples. And I wanted to, to check with the minister, but it's a pity that the minister is not here. The president, when he was applying, he's saying that government is central in terms of creating jobs. Does the minister believe in that? That uh, because we are a developing, a, a developing country, we must subscribe, you know, in terms of the economic, uh, you know, the, the economy of development of that country, you know what I mean? So we must have a state-led uh, economy. There must be an intervention by the government to be able to create jobs. Because we know that with the private sector by their nature, because I'm coming from the private sector, it's all about maximizing profits. And also, I mean, they'll be able to retrench people, uh, you know, because they want to maximize those. Uh, is the minister believe, does the minister believe that uh, the government must be able to do, uh, you know, to have a state-led uh, uh, um, uh, uh, intervention in terms of economic, uh, you know, uh, the development? Are we going to be able to see that, Chairperson? On the APP, because I don't see that. We talk about, I don't have a problem. You know, private sector day, you know, there's no problem in that. But we must have a massive uh, government, must actually be almost 60, 65% uh, involved in terms of creation of the job. It must actually take a center stage because it's the government of the people. They want other people to work. They don't want, you know, really, you know, they must make sure that the economy works. One of the last questions, Chairperson, uh, is that... Uh, on the economic research, uh, I think, program. I think I would propose that with my colleagues. Colleagues, I think that let us, let us, let us look at the research of the economy that works. The economy that works. I mean, most of the articles, thanks very much that you know, we actually got to go to that PDM program that was organized by parliament on economic development. And in that course, um, by Professor Bond and all the others, and you know, all the professors at Vets Business School, they say that all the economic policies that the government has adopted since 1994 have never worked. And it's surprising that ourselves here in this committee and in parliament, we're still actually on that tragedy and using the economic policies which are not working. Is it not maybe the time we can maybe have a workshop an economic research workshop, someone just workshop, how can we restart this economy? How can we have an economic economy that works in, in actually SA? We have a, a documentation in the EFF in terms of, you know, the, the proposals, how we can be able, you know, you know, you know, to kickstart this economy and make sure it works. And maybe we can have a workshop where we're able as different political parties to present it and have a, a, a policy to have an economy that actually works, that actually creates jobs before we can have a bloodbath in terms of, you know, chaos, people not being unemployed because it's rising every single time. I think that's my, you know, the contribution for now, uh, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. 
Thank you very much, Honorable Swaku. Uh, that was quite a lengthy minded speech in this presentation. Um, thank you very much for your input. We allow you a lot of time uh, to raise all your points. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, thank you very much. And Chair Kassim and one of the members that we did. And I should also join uh, in welcoming uh, the presentations. Uh, and that have been made. And Chair, um, the proof about the South African uh, economic situation uh, will always and is always predicated on the understanding and the reality <clears throat> that South Africa has a historical legacy of economic exploitation, especially by oligo political uh, conglomerates with uh, institutionalized exclusionary areas. This chair must 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 always be a, a an issue of consciousness to all of us irrespective of the party to which we belong. The matter of consciousness is a matter of us acknowledging the atrocities of the past. And in this regard, Chair, of course, this has um, regrettably led to Unfair concentration of wealth. <coughs> An antithesis of inclusive um, economy, which is a, a, a fundamental imperative of the transformation of China. Now, if we are to listen to um, the president's uh, son. The president, among other things, during son, he indicated that um, the hemp and cannabis sector has the potential to create in excess of 100,000 jobs, especially in the area of KFM and Eastern However, Chair, 
work needs to be done, especially related to the regulatory framework um, of this sector. I'm raising this again based on the possibility and potential of those who own this asset being systematically relegated into only participating at the level of primary production. And the rest of other segments of the value chain, they are institutionally and systematically excluded. So the question would be, what is being done to address this? The second question would relate to the trade policy. And on the trade policy chain, um, in the previous financial year, as it is as it indicated, the DTIC had a target on border interceptions and other measures to reduce illegal imports in collaboration with South African and revenue services. And the question would be, why was the target on border interceptions and other measures to reduce illegal imports in collaboration with the South African uh, revenue services? And of course, the International Trade Administration Commission removed, uh, given that these are two entities responsible for managing trade in South Africa's workers. Very critical and, and the other question around the trade policy, um, there are targets for uh, draft deals on patents and designs submitted to uh, the executive authority. The question would be, when does the DTIC expect to table the amendment bills to the The last issue, Chair, um, I think Chair, we cannot pretend as if we have not had what has been made by the Honorable Member from the NDA. And that's it's just important to say. Uh, South Africa is part of the multilateral institutions. The United Nations, uh, AU, and uh, World Trade Organization, you know, and so on. So the, 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 the narrative uh, that 
is characterized or not characterizes the scenario as the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia without acknowledging the role of NATO and its handlers. It is rather uh, hypocritical. Uh, probably even materialistic. And, and, and not um, aimed at encouraging fair and constructive uh, dialogue and mediations. So, so the approach by the South African government uh, is ready to encourage the role of multilateral, multilateral institutions. And, and, and dialogue, mediation, uh, it has proven to work not for other people, it has worked for us in South Africa. Nobody before the dawn of democracy has thought of the fall of apartheid, especially if you look at apartheid during its height. But because the ANC, uh, having the interest of the people of South Africa as a whole, so it's necessary that it can only be through negotiation that we will arrive to a point where we will stabilize South Africa and create conditions for a better life for all its citizens. So in this regard, we really want to uh, be part of that which encourages dialogue, which encourages mediation, and the use of multilateral, multilateral institutions, led by the United Nations. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Ben. Um, just before I hand over to the department, um, I want to appreciate the fact that you have uh, met and exceeded uh, your target in terms of the disabled and also uh, the what you have reached in terms of targets in terms of women in managing your uh, position. So that uh, is to be commended. And um, we wish that it will grow even more. So related to that, I just wanted to check. Um, in your document, you speak about a progress, a report on progress on achieving 500 million of industrial financing support towards black industrials, women, and youth-owned enterprises. So the question is, why is it a report? You know, uh, rather than actual uh, support that is a target, uh, why is it just the progress report? Um, I also want to uh, just uh, mention to Honorable uh, Swaku that he must please uh, relate to Honorable Yaku the uh, 197.5 million that, uh, of funding support that would be housed at the IDC towards furniture growth, the furniture growth fund, because I know it was one of her. Uh, 
uh, the things that she was really passionate about. Uh, with that, over to you, uh, Emma Jola and your team. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks very much, Chair. Uh, Chair, uh, please uh, allow me to give over to the vision of the team. I to look at the For, for the companies 
the transformation many companies tell us that it's an imperative for their survival, that they understand they cannot work in an environment such as South Africa without transformation. They see that for them to continue to have clients, you need a more inclusive economy. And for you to continue to operate, you, you need a, a, a transformed landscape where you have more people uh, in, the, in the economy. And the more you get those, the more they have the client base. So the understanding of the interaction of most of these, and I think it's the, uh, the, the, the people that we would uh, generally work with. When we look at uh, transformation, we are looking at it in the context of growing the economy. So it's not just a transformation on the side and then the, the economy on the other side. You have to grow the economy in a way that includes as many people um, as, uh, as, 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 as possible. And then balance that with what are the costs that are imposed and how do we lessen those costs while we optimize the benefits that we potentially can get? And across the master plans and the various instruments that we are going and, and we have put in place, those are some of the, the things that we've been weighing. And that is why we are saying that giving um, our own PDP legislation, we now need to really look at it in light of now the emerging priorities, uh, whether there is an alignment. Uh, with the emerging priorities. This thing of having workers and um, not being um, just looked at as workers, persons working for 40 years in a company, but when there's a DEE deal, those workers are not considered. Some other people are considered. How, how do we work with the companies to make sure that in that instance, when there is transformation, it takes into account the people that have invested, not just their time, but their lives uh, into the into the company. How does that find more representation in the way that we do uh, support uh, black economic uh, empowerment? With more workers being owners, and uh, then also making decisions about uh, the, the the economy uh, going forward. So those are some of the issues that. And when we say that we will need to look, we will need to relook at some of our, uh, our frameworks, and these are the things uh, that we are looking at. And some of it comes from the fact that we are now engaged in master plans. We're talking to companies quite intensely about what will it take for you to go to the next level of investment because we do need the jobs and we do need this company's operational remain profitable. And it's some of those things that they are raising and now we are saying, how do we make our personal defense of the regulatory framework much more sharpened to be able to assist them with those things? So, I mean, from time to time, depending on uh, what uh, uh, exists uh, in, the, in, the, in the sector and what it is possible, uh, what, what, what we can achieve uh, in, the, in that sector, uh, it tends to see as though it is transformation that is kind of taking the center stage. But in other instances, uh, it will be a, a, a competitiveness taking center stage because we're just not working at companies in South Africa. We are also in an economy that is integrated into the rest of the world. So we're looking at it in terms of our own landscape, we're looking at it in terms of where it places us in the global uh, 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 competitive marketplace. Because our important role is to make sure that as far as the global marketplace is concerned, we are relegated to the lowest portion 
of failure edition. We continue to go up the various parts of the chains towards where the most benefits uh, are at, but then the economy that is dealing with the issues that um, uh, that uh, uh, we are we, we dealing with. I agree um, in terms of um, the, 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 the issues, and I think there's maybe that honorable three and uh, a number of um, the other members and um, that um, the issue of unemployment um, has really hit a crisis point. Uh, everywhere in our support programs, we are insisting that we are going to support a company who is going to be losing, uh, who's going to be treating people because we cannot buy a retrenchment through supporting investment propositions that entails in them people losing jobs. And that is uh, one way. And the other way in the master plans, we as a thing, part of what you bring to the table as companies, as sectors, in order to receive support from government is that you have to give us one, a job loss and stencil. Number two, increasing a trajectory to increase jobs because the, the, the current uh, status quo and uh, currently uh, maintained. There are beyond the master plan, there are then other issues that come in ESCOM, uh, as, as, as one example, uh, with, the, with, the, with the load shedding. These are important discussions we have, including themselves. The impact that that has on productivity, the implication for, for jobs. Uh, for people. So in those uh, discussions, as Minister was talking about the not just coordination within the DGIC, but coordination with the rest of, of, of government. These are the, the voice, this is the voice and um, that we then bring into those discussions. But it is important that we have a stable energy supply because we can't talk about industrialization. We can't talk about a job rich growth tra uh, trajectory that does not include uh, a, a stable supply. Of, uh, of electricity as a requisite to that. So, I mean, the point is, uh, is, uh, is, uh, is really um, well uh, taken uh, in terms of um, uh, the, the, the work that we will, we will have uh, to do in, uh, in government and uh, the, important, uh, the importance of elevating uh, the issues of choice uh, in all the work um, that, um, that we do. Then, uh, with regards to um, the issues of um, the, 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 the war in Ukraine and um, some of the implications uh, that, are, that, that, that are starting uh, to come through, um, it, it will possibly affect us in various ways. And we are looking at uh, the, the, the effect of that in as far as uh, the companies that are in South Africa. Uh, who are maybe employing South Africans who may be Russian owned, and the implication of the sanctions on those uh, companies and the South African people who are employed in those companies. So, certain of these things are some of the, 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 the things that we are looking at. We've heard of um, a certain sharp uh, uh, price uh, rises. Uh, and and uh, I'll ask uh, one of my colleagues from the trade side to also say a word on this. Uh, we are looking at it quite closely in as far as even the basics, uh, wheat, uh, being one of those, uh, to see how it's going to then 
We are looking at um, some of the investments um, that um, uh, uh, we have uh, taken uh, through the IPC and various others, um, which may uh, have a lot of exposure uh, to both uh, Ukraine, but particularly uh, to, uh, to Russia, as uh, most of the, the, the globe um, is, um, is uh, isolating uh, Russia. So some of these things, uh, when, when they take place in the interrelated world, it has really unforeseen effects. That is why um, it is important that um, even our own creation as a, as a country has to be balanced in, in terms of the various other um, considerations as well. On the indicated the important work that we need to do break the silos. I was just giving an example of um, how we are doing it uh, in, in the government uh, uh, discussions. And um, within uh, the, the, the DTIC, um, with the, the various uh, team members uh, here, around certain outcomes that we are more arranged around outcomes as opposed to the branches themselves. So we do need and to deal with a, with a particular matter, then all the expertise from across the, the, the DTIC are brought to the table uh, to, to, to assist um, in, in, in dealing with, uh, with that um, one particular issue. Then on um, the, the municipalities and the, them, uh, in a way, being a hindrance to companies and uh, for resource um, uh, independence so that they can have a much more stable production environment. And that is the reason that we believe that uh, the, the, the president did make the right decision to say there must be somebody who looks at take and um, in government in the presidency. Because some, some of this bylaws, some of these other competing objectives, they need to raise money. Um, with electricity, with the rates money, with the with the with the rates and all of that. And how do you deal with that? This is not a matter that the DTIC um, could resolve, but within the presidency, uh, looking at whether there's a need now to really look at um, how municipalities are funded. These are big, big questions. They have an important role for industrialization because some of these utilities have become just far too expensive for us to remain competitive. That is why we are very supportive of the work uh, that um, that office is going to do, and we are already um, in engagements uh, with them on some of the areas that we have seen as impediments for growth and impediments for for industrialization. So thank you very much. Uh, for, 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 for raising that um, as well. And then, um, as far as um, the, the, the work um, that we are doing on greening uh, our, ourselves um, as, a, as the DTIC, and uh, a couple of uh, initiatives uh, that we, we work uh, with in terms of how we deal with our paper and all of, uh, all of those. The limitations with us uh, in this campus is the arrangement that we have, um, which, uh, which doesn't allow us as a, as a department, for example, um, to do certain things with changing the, the infrastructure. But my understanding is that this arrangement is like just uh, three years old, uh, and then uh, uh, what well, two years towards its end, 
then you should be able uh, to do things like that, uh, put you on solar panels, and when you do that, we are going to be very specific that those solar panels must be produced in South Africa. Again, making sure that you spend as little as, uh, as possible and you get the most benefit out of them. We use the government grants in order to create uh, jobs to be in sectors where at the moment we, we don't have uh, uh, those jobs. So um, even in the screening initiative, we are looking at it very closely that we as South Africa cannot interact with the state as consumers. Because we don't make us quarrel. We have to interact with it as producers, as those that are on the table as far as uh, the production of uh, various equipment is concerned, to be able to also ensure that as we are transitioning, that as many as possible uh, in terms of people are taken with us uh, in that transition process. So on the, um, the, 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 the issue of artisans on skills, 100% really honorable three, as far as that, that um, it really is, you cannot explain why South Africa with the high, high unemployment rate that we have should be importing as basic skills uh, as what we are, we are seeing happening. We're looking at our own visa uh, uh, support uh, to make sure that um, when the requests do not make sense, that those requests are not granted. But we have to also balance it to make sure that the ease of business, of doing business, is not impeded by certain of, uh, of these regulations. And in our APP, there's, a, there's an area where we have indicated the discussions we have with the Department uh, of Education among other departments. One, to ensure that uh, the, the training is aligned and where we are going as far as industrialization is concerned. But more than that, that those people that are trained are absorbed. So instead of just having all these many speakers churning out a lot of people that are trained to go see their home, that those training programs are now very closely linked to opportunities. So I am really grateful and for, for, for your focus on this and uh, giving you our, our commitment uh, to, to work on this uh, as well. Honorable Jawi was raising the issue of our budget cuts, and uh, we are very uh, we, are, we are then working in a very constrained um, uh, fiscal environment. And um, it is true that we have uh, seen us. What, what is us is where the next curveball is going to come. Uh, because we've seen the curveballs, the frequency of them uh, is such that you're not going to be able to play for it anymore. Uh, we were just dealing with the Ukraine matter. Now we are dealing with the case of any matter. We're looking quite closely at the developments as far as COVID is concerned, because we are concerned about uh, the global uh, developments, technical here, and what that would mean uh, for us. So in the context of a reduced budget, um, uh, uh, this issue of being nimble is actually quite real. The ability for us to move uh, funds in order to deal with some of these emergencies. Because if you just see that we are moving into uh, an area where there will be increased emergencies, most of which may be global, some of which may be environmental, and there's a department where we have to find a way uh, to deal with that. We are engaging with this young country, but we mindful of the difficulties that they as national treasury are facing. 
What we are having to do is also to look at um, the nature of support, have to migrate from a lot, uh, a, a lot more grants to maybe a lot more um, loans that are concessional so that we can have self-financing uh, uh, programs. The issue with loans is that um, you know you, you have to be bankable. Uh, so in all of this, the very, very, very difficult uh, uh, balancing acts uh, that at all times we, 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 are, we are being pushed uh, to, to, to have to uh, consider. But um, when it comes to just not financing, it is important that that finance uh, is, um, is, uh, is made available. And um, at the moment, we have uh, shaped ourselves into, into size. Um, but um, I think the more we are required to do, the more we are going to uh, have to deal with, um, with the, um, uh, the, 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 the funding issues. Uh, when it comes to uh, the, the realization of the investments, um, at the investment um, uh, summit, um, the investment conference, and uh, we did like a slide, and then uh, maybe we should share that slide with, with, the, with the members. Um, the, the slide was showing the investments, because we were quite open about the investment that did not materialize. So we say uh, this is the gross amount that was committed. This is the amount that has not been realized, and we took that amount out. And then we said, these are the new pledges, and this is how far we are from uh, what the president uh, has said as a, as, a, as a target. So this information that we can share with yourselves and uh, in order to uh, build confidence that these are, these are not numbers that we are just coming up. Uh, these, are, these are real uh, investment. And I think even in the, in the conference as well, we can share with yourselves and the, the, the top numbers uh, that way that we share with everybody. Uh, who was part of the investment conference and shared with the permission of the dear Michael getting myself into trouble. But I think it is important that maybe next year all the members are invited to the investment conference. And then in that way, uh, members will also be fully appraised uh, with the work and that we are doing. Honorable Campbell's raised the matter. I don't know, dear mother, I should just um, ask you to respond to the implication of uh, possibly compromising. Yes, we will go to the initial I'm looking at uh, body levels. <laughs> I hope I'm not. <laughs> the chair. Okay. Good. Um, what we, what we, um, the, the issue of the of Russia, Ukraine, and uh, also its implication for the paper, it's our, it's our, it's our view that um, um, in our negotiations um, with the EU, that we are all approaching these negotiations with the best intent that um, we both get a deal that works for all sides. And um, all of us are quite um, skilled at managing complex relations. And um, we, are, we are able to deal with the complexities at hand. And um, we, we know what we are, we are putting on the table. And we know what would be our, our reflex. 
and uh, I'm sure Nikki will be able to, to talk uh, to it. But um, we are going into uh, that negotiation seeking the best uh, for, 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 for South Africa. And I'm sure the EU is, is doing the same, seeking the best for, for, for its um, uh, citizenry and investing uh, public. So um, the other uh, matters, um, we, we always have uh, negotiations that are, that are, that are complex. Um, like I said, we are clear about where our lines are going to be and what we cannot uh, compromise um, for, for trade. And um, I'm sure um, the EU and ourselves would be looking for the best deal for all parties. Otherwise, the, the agreement will not be uh, stable. Um, on the scrap uh, issue, we um, are internally assessing what is uh, possible, what is feasible, what is optimal. And um, I think as soon as um, that assessment is made, the minister will then um, uh, 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 make an indication as in we will be making a proposition to the minister uh, based on that. Um, it's going to be a, uh, an assessment that is informed uh, by, by research and uh, by the capability of all the stakeholders, including the law enforcement. Uh, 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 stakeholders, uh, given some of the complexities that are with identifying um, some of the scrap uh, as it is prepared for export. And we have to just be uh, honest um, uh, about that, because what we are really trying to deal with here is preserving our infrastructure. For us, that is important, because without infrastructure, we cannot have and the developing specialization that we are aiming for. So we, we are looking at um, all possible uh, options and um, I heard very well um, uh, both, um, I think it's um, uh, uh, honorable and uh, 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 and uh, also I think honorable uh, talking about um, the importance and we are also. Uh, the importance of just burning this thing because uh, those are all the options. Do we burn? Do we look at uh, proper uh, trade measures? And um, what, what is the optimal balance uh, that um, the sisters uh, going forward? On the rules of the AFCFTA, I also asked uh, just to, uh, to clarify that. Um, we are nearing conclusion um, of the negotiations, but uh, it's a negotiation. Sometimes you think you are almost there. And because uh, it involves uh, so many uh, actors, it becomes difficult. On the innovation part, and it's a very important uh, point that the Honorable Congress made, and that we have to be looking at uh, an economy that is also adjusting the new needs of the market in which it finds itself. Honorable Congress, we've seen it added two master plans, uh, the one dealing with animation. Um, uh, in order for us to exploit the opportunities that are in that sector, if you look at it under a uh, problem set, um, there's another one that deals with global business services. And in global business services, we deal with a lot of IT uh, services. And um, some, of, uh, some of that um, we found um, that a lot of um, uh, businesses, uh, particularly big and multinationals in the world, are turning to South Africa for IT and uh, our own uh, IT uh, solutions. So um, we are looking at, um, at, uh, at, at IT 
and it is something that two of our other programs, uh, the one we call Third, and um, uh, another another program, we also are focusing on that. Perhaps at um, the next interview with yourselves, we would also uh, share uh, what we are doing there. And um, I would like to thank Honorable Manamaja uh, for um, the, 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 the warm words as far as uh, the improvements on the APT uh, are concerned. And um, I just reiterate the fact that um, industrial policy is really a policy in action. We, we, we never get to a place where it's going to achieve everything that we, we, we need to achieve. Uh, it is a work that um, and uh, it's a work in progress. We keep sharpening our 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 our, 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 our tools in the toolkit, and um, you know, as the third boss can come, uh, we need to make sure that um, we are adjusting. The one thing that we can say for sure, though, is that have we not had some of these interventions that we put in place? Some of um, where we are now could really, really have been worse. If we haven't supported, say, for example, the auto sector, in the many we have supported uh, the auto sector, um, I'm not sure whether we wouldn't find ourselves in a, in a place where we get massive uh, disinvestment and the sector that provides such quality jobs and then opportunity for us to integrate in global value chains with a big loss to us. So there are areas where we can show. That uh, and the absence of any intervention uh, could have taken us um, to a worse place. But uh, we will also be the first uh, to to agree that we do need to do more and um, uh, more with less, as the, 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 the situation is now demanding of us. In terms of the readiness service and the points with my honorable here we finalized and um, we do have a great industrialist uh, book uh, that we have issued. And maybe I'll deal with uh, the honorable board's chair and chair's point as far as reports uh, are concerned. That this is where we just consolidate um, the actions um, in a written form to say this is what we have uh, we have done. Similar to how we'll have an incentive report, we're showing you all the things. Uh, that um, that uh, we are we, we have done. So in a way, it's looking to the chair's point that these are the activities we've undertaken, and this is uh, the the implication it has had. Without necessarily saying activity one, activity two is consolidated uh, in a report. We've got that uh, BI report. I'm not sure if it was ever shared with the committee, and uh, to the extent that it wasn't, maybe we can share that. Um, with the committee and uh, my colleague, uh, the CFO, who deal with the changes in the in the budget, it may very well have been the fact that we did get a capital injection uh, in order to deal with the uh, with the issues that uh, took place, the numbers uh, in, uh, in, in in cases, and it could be uh, that difference that we see uh, in the NPP. And then I'll ask uh, quickly my uh, colleague, um, Dr. Masota, if she can deal with the company's amendment bill and the amendment bill as raised by um, Honorable and Diani. And uh, just to use it, Honorable that we are hoping that uh, at least in uh, the second quarter of the year, we will have a framework of the kind of things that we want to see change in the season. Uh, 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 policy that will then affect uh, the the season and the issues whether we will take it to an end or we will find another <laughs> I'll call it elegant way 
of dealing with it without taking the 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 the, the, the longer um, and um, maybe I'll uh, leave the rest of the questions uh, to my colleagues in the interest of time. Uh, the DM has put me in the question, and uh, I hope I'm responding adequately here. So if I can just ask Nikki and uh, and uh, that on the export issues that were um, raised. And then, actually, if you can just give me the last issue on the finance and the last issue on the finance and the last issue on the of the, the issue of the review of the, the study in EPA, I think the DG has already responded uh, very well to that. Just to mention that um, we are working with the EU, and of course, it's not South Africa alone, but as far as SARFU and work on Bola, um, we have a technical working group with the EU to finalize the framework for the review. That work is ongoing. The, what is currently happening in the UK is not affecting that work and um, going forward, of course, both sides will work towards an outcome that's beneficial, as the media has mentioned, to both uh, South Africa, the rest of South Angola and, uh, and the EU. And what's already in place, that will stay in place. So we are just working on enhancing the access and dealing with some of the issues that we have seen in the past five years in terms of implementation within IT problems. Then in terms of the, um, I think the other issue was on the AFCTA, um, we have an agreement on 87.9% of the tariff, the uh, rules of origin, that's of tariff lines. The outstanding issue is some lines on tobacco and some lines on sugar, that we hope that we will be able to finalize in the next month or two. So we are focusing on those just to narrow the, 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 um, the differences and to see that we can get an outcome. And then uh, the, the big issues is in terms of um, textiles and clothing and automotives, but also then we have a target of September to finalize the rules of origin on those two sectors that makes up the, the, the majority of those um, about twelve percent of rules who we are still negotiating. In terms of the question of um, that was asked about um, what was the benefits for South Africa in terms of the AFCFTA, um, the AFCFTA has um, the decision of the heads of state saying that it should come into effect on the 1st of January 2021, that we are working on the outstanding issues and rules of origin, but also the tariff um, schedules. There's 29 tariff schedules that have been um, now agreed in the last meeting of the of the uh, rates of state, and those will be um, implemented in the next, um, which is waiting for countries to indicate when they are ready to implement, they have to take it through the domestic processes and to put it into legislation. The SARCO tariff offer um, uh, in terms of the 90%, so that's category A, 70 90% of tariff lines. 
are um, slightly finalized and we are still just writing for approval from some countries and then that would be submitted. And, and we are ready to implement as soon as um, that 90% offer is being approved at the next meeting of the, of the ministers. Um, of, of, of trade in the ISCFTA. So um, um, I think really those were the, the, two, the two main issues. The, the other issue just in terms of trade policy, I don't know if I should respond to that. The one issue was on the, um, the, the target on border intersections and why that is not in the IPP anymore. Um, we have a new target that we have included in terms of reporting on um, what can be done in terms of um, or what's the impact of illegal play. And as part of that report, we will be reporting on work that we are doing um, with the staff and with ITAC in the interagency working group in illicit trade. So that, that would be part of the report that we will be doing um, in terms of the effect and, and, and interventions on um, illegal trade. And then on the patent bill and the design and maintenance bill, these bills are ready. It's already gone through the cluster um, for, um, for approval. The specification is being done and the socioeconomic impact assessment so it will be going to cabinet next for approval, for public comment. So the aim is for it to go to parliament in the in the fourth fourth quarter um, of, of this year. And um, thank you very much. Good afternoon, Chair. Good afternoon to all everyone in the room. Thank you, DG, for the, um, the questions that I need to look into. Um, for the questions that we raised by um, Honorable Giuliani related to the company's amendment bill. Um, in the APT, we have two uh, companies amendment bill that are highlighted. So there is one that we call the Omnibus. Is the one that is currently um, underway. We're in. We are looking at the uh, various amendments uh, from the remuneration disclosures, uh, disclosures of shares in, in company ownerships. Uh, we are looking at other areas of retail reduction since the act was implemented in 2011. And that one, um, it was published for um, the public comments in October last year for, for 30 days. Um, the reason why there has been a bit of uh, delay in terms of that one with the bigger bill is because when we finalized the previous method process, um, there were a lot of areas of disagreements with the different stakeholders. And we needed to go back and look at how we can um, streamline or rework, rework on some of those provisions. So we wanted to ensure that when we get to parliament, we don't have too many areas of disagreement and tensions. So um, that bill currently is being reviewed. We received the public submissions. We will be then um, reviewing them and uh, from there referring the processes of government. And we are anticipating that um, in this financial year it, it can be introduced into parliament. It is difficult to precise with the timelines, but that is the that is the plan. And then in terms of the one 
to help the company community build, the focus is on the worker participation in board structures of companies. Um, I, I think the DG in her presentation, she was talking a bit about the worker participation, how to bring workers to benefit from digital transformation. So this bill intends to ensure that um, in the decision-making structures of companies, there will be the voice of labor um, and worker participation so that they can form part of ensuring that decisions of companies in the economy, they take other issues into consideration, especially related to the workers. So that one will be developed this year. And in terms of how far it can go, um, it will depend on the consultative processes, but we are hoping that it will also be fast-tracked and we will be in a position to bring it forward as soon as possible to Parliament. On the LICA, with the pandemic, um, we had a bill that was ready, but then as you, as, as, as members and chair, you can recall, the different, at different points during the pandemic, uh, there were restrictions on issues of LICA. So it opened our eyes to the department uh, to see the massive magnitude of the situation of liquor abuse in the country. So because of that, uh, we then looked at how to review and strengthen the liquor management bills. And that also included interacting with other government departments. So we, we are in the process of reviewing the bill trying to see how we can strengthen it. But more than that, we are looking at a coordinated approach of working with other departments in terms of coming up with responses for addressing the issue of legal abuse. So in terms of when it can come back to Parliament, that one is a bit of a, it's, it's uncertain, but we are working on this to ensure that um, we will be in a better position to give feedback to Parliament in terms of when the bill can next be ready for that process. But this is just to inform um, the committee that we are reviewing that uh, legislation. We are working with other departments to look at the best, the best approaches to respond because we've noticed that the problem is bigger than just the response only being by the bill. So that's why now we're meeting with that coordination process. So the next step we are planning is to go to cabinet uh, to engage with other ministers, uh, through our minister, on the decarbonized measures in the country. Thank you. I think, I think uh, Honorable Mugliani, that we should request a report on all the legislation and, you know, to track it as a, as a PC, um, because we can hear that it's ongoing work on it and other factors that we are learning from our very first week. Because that is one of our primary mandates as a as a portfolio committee. Is there any other um, official that we are up to? It is uh, thank you very much, I'll try to be very quick. Um, mine is a comment or response on the question that's posed by Honorable Chen, bring around um, how nimble we are insofar as responding to barriers to exports. Um, so using just the example of um, the impact on our citrus exports uh, by the situation in Russia and Ukraine, we have been working very closely uh, with the industry. The problems have been twofold. Um, not only the fact that they're losing a huge market um, in, in the form of Russia, basically, there's also internal problems around ports. So we've been having engagements with them to 
One, diversify um, new market opportunities. So we've identified a number of opportunities in the Middle East that could potentially offset um, what would have been diverted to where would we go into Russia. Um, and we are looking if there are any further opportunities in Europe in that regard. Regarding the issue and the challenges of ports in South Africa, our own behind the border issues. Um, the industry has increasingly started using Makuto ports to get product out. Um, so one of the key, and this is where now our attempt at, at, at being nimble is coming into the fore. Um, as at March, um, the Rasana Garcia border and the, the global, the times are not aligned, as an example. So that also was an additional barrier because you cannot have, you know, a citrus truck waiting for a couple of hours to wait for a border to open. So we did have a bilateral commission with Mozambique um, last month in March, so that we raised and elevated the message to, to the president. And I can actually then announce to you a robot thing that on the 14th of April, borders are now 24 hour operations with the Bobo and Rasana Garcia. There will certainly be of great benefit to our exporters that are now diverting cargo to Maputo because of the challenges we are having internally. We are hopeful that internal, you know, Delbert Ports and British Bay, etc., um, some of those opportunities will be resolved. But in the meantime, this is how we are assisting the movement of goods, the movement of exports in South Africa, leveraging our government's government platforms, dealing directly with industry to identify what their problems are, and of course, uh, looking for new market opportunities. Thank you. We're going to keep the back of the Thanks, and good afternoon, colleagues. There was a question around the third quarter report, uh, which indicated uh, or reported a budget of 9.7 million versus the 11.8 million rand. Um, a question on global market. So, um, the DDF indicated there was a capital injection during the adjustment process last year. Uh, we then provided an additional uh, budget of 1.3 billion for the KZN and Helping Unrest, as well as uh, money for the Social Employment Fund under the Presidential Employment The reason for the working report is clearly a timing difference. The President assented the adjusted appropriation. Um, though on the, in the fourth quarter on the 19th of January 2022. So, hence the, the difference in the reporting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, Chair. I think before I hand over to, to, to the DMS previous arrangement, just to give me the SIU report uh, question uh, to, uh, to confirm that we have received a further report from the, the, the report that we have received. And then one last issue for um, honorable events in the uh, to say that um, we started work on the on the hemp um, and the cannabis uh, master plan. Uh, honorable uh, and the issue that you raised on this uh, systematic exclusion is something that we will look very carefully at and to make sure that uh, the, the master plan also kills that to a great deal. Thank you very much. Jay, in about five seconds, just to ask the question. 
can be impactful so that uh, we can impact on economic uh, growth, we can impact on unemployment, we can impact on poverty and, and on inequality. Because we can do well if we simply continue the way of being going, uh, so we will reproduce the same results into the future. So I think that we should change the way we approach uh, how we do our work. So thank you very much, uh, members, for, for the questions you have asked. There, there's a few things. On about uh, three, you right. Of the three uh, core outcomes, we must make sure that we have the, the right balance. Uh, so again, I have very much that. Uh, so we shouldn't uh, make the mistake of just uh, focusing on transformation. It is very important. Uh, whilst they will neglecting the other parts of the building. So the, on, the, on the other matters, uh, the, the DG and the, the rest of the team have uh, responded to those. Um, I do want to say that uh, I, I hear what you were saying about the consequences of the policy positions and the stances we're taking. But we think everything considered that the stance of the South African government has been the most prudent, the most elegant, given everything that's happening in the world. Uh, so we think that have taken sides would have had more uh, uh, negative consequences for our government post the Russian conflict. So we think that the position that we've adopted is a good one for the country. On the honorable <laughs> um, so I ask a political question. He poses to the minister. I can ask, respond on behalf of the minister. Does he agree with what the president said? I can say for him. <coughs> yes. So, so this is the question of government. There's been a, some um, um, uh, confusion with regard to this one. As far as we're concerned, we think the two extremes uh, in a modern industrial economy uh, are, not, are not helpful. So the one is simply the private sector creates jobs. It's not the business of government. Or the other extreme is it is the business of government and not, and not the private sector. It's an, in, a, in a modern industrial economy, so all the development, modern developmental states that have succeeded have shown that both must work and work in tandem. The intended government must facilitate, it must lead where does market fail and it must intervene. But given the size of pride of the of the, the, the economy that is in the hands of the private sector, they play an important role in job creation. So that does not excuse the state in facilitating job creation and even creating jobs itself. So we think that uh, both uh, must work together. So we, we do not uh, uh, think that uh, the, the ideological dichotomy uh, of either this or the other is a useful one uh, in, the, in, the, in the modern economies. So the 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 honourable Swafu. So that's my my response. That uh, we we agree. We agree that the, the president did emphasize at the very beginning. Given uh, the fact that the private sector controls 25% of our public economy. So, if we have to grow massive uh, number of jobs, it has got to play its part. That's what he was emphasizing. But that is not the excuse, the role that the, the state has got to play. 
especially when you are a developmental state. So, Chairperson, I think I've got to stop there to uh, say the last one, an honorable uh, up there. The, you know, the, 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 the governing parties from which we, we do derive uh, our mandate. On that matter, it's very clear so, uh, about what we should do. So at the moment, as government, we're at the point of implementation, having a discussion with treasurers. So we do understand that uh, whilst the, the, the issues of export are important that we must act on, we must also strengthen law enforcement. So once again, it's not an either or for us. The, the two must be strengthened so that we can, uh, we can deal with crime, but also we can uh, support uh, local industries. So, Chairperson, uh, once again, thanks very much, and thanks for coming to the DTRC campus. I know that uh, you still have a long way. Uh, on behalf of the Minister and the team, thanks for coming, and thanks for the research. Thank you for the warm-up. Thank you for the beautiful campus. We are very impressed. Um, in closing, uh, we received this quote as part of the presentation from uh, taken from Sona, where the president is speaking about revitalizing our economy and end the inequality and injustice that impedes our progress as South Africa. And I think I just want to say in closing that that is, that is what we must measure, whatever we are doing against. Are we impeding progress? Are we making sure that we are revitalizing the economy? So on that note, thank you very much. We will continue with our program for the rest of the day. To the DTIC team, thank you for all your inputs and let the discussion, the robust discussion, continue. Thank you, DG, thank you, team. And thank you to the Minister of Education. Recording stopped. Meeting is adjourned. <laughs> 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 <laughs>